confused. Let uh-huh. me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Uh, do you understand that this show's got an actual sponsor? Who's the sponsor? Manscaped. Manscaped. What do they do? Okay, check this out, man. Let me ask you. You you got a lot of hair. You ever shave your balls? I ain't fucking with it, man. No, you, no, you don't no, shave no, your balls. No, no, no. You the never only shave time your balls. I shaved my balls is when I was tweaking off a of meth. Yeah, and what did right. you use to shave your balls when you were tweaking off? I fucking got that razor that they sell at the corner liquor store for twenty five cents. Right. You ever and nick then, a wrinkle? You ever nick a wrinkle? A what? A wrinkle, a ball wrinkle. You ever cut a ball I don't wrinkle? Know what the fuck that is. Oh, You've I never know, cut your shave. balls. I just shaved a little bit around the base, so I, you know, so I could feel as though that maybe, you know, it would give me an inch or two, you know. Because when you on meth, you pulling, <laughs> you shaking and pulling, and yeah, you got the girl in the room, but at, at the same time, yeah, get the get Schmitty. 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 Close that door behind you, partner. I gotta get out uh, there. All right, all right. right. So, so, okay. So, listen. So, 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 hey, wait. Okay. So the support for the Hard Luck Show is brought to you by Manscaped, right, who is the that? best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers a precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Now, right. this is breaking news. Important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your... What, what is, is that public or pubic? It looks like pubic. It looks like yeah. public to me. Okay, I'm going to say public, yeah, but it looked yeah, like but, pubic. But we can make it pubic. That's right. Service announcement. After more than 18 uh-huh. months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. Smitty, you ever shave your balls? Uh, yeah, with electric. Yeah? Do you ever catch a wrinkle? Uh, you know... One time, I think I did, because it goes cut down there, but I didn't feel it. You didn't feel it. Well, let me tell you. Guess what? Yeah. All that manscaping, you know, all those those accidents. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Manscapes Engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball trimmer ever created. Right. I'm talking about this is the third generation generation trimmer. Right. Features a cutting edge ceramic blade, preventing manscaped accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to the Manscaped Advanced Skin Safe technology. Right. So check it out. So so what happened to you, uh, Smitty, where you, you nicked a wrinkle? Right? You cut <laughs> a wrinkle? I think I might have been a little bit high that night, though, when I was doing <laughs> so, so, <laughs> Thanks to manscaping, all those manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the the past. Bro. That's right, man. So you can get high if you want and fucking shave your balls, <laughs> all right? So listen, here's the other thing. Smitty ain't getting high because if he gets high, I'm going to kick his ass That's off. right. You know what? You might kick his ass, Big Lep, but he's going to have the smoothest, no, safest balls. He's going to He's going to have the smoothest, safest balls oh. this side of the Mississippi. Well. And let me tell you something. You get 20% off our audience because our audience is the best audience in the entire world. Let me tell you something about our audience. Our audience is the most loyal, most manly, most... Uh, intelligent, strongest audience that there is, and they're all going to get 20% off and free shipping. Go to Manscaped. The uh, code, promo code is LUCKY20. LUCKY20. That's it. LUCKY20 at Manscaped. Right. So, uh, because of Smitty got his balls sheared, (laughs) that's why Manscaped's redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting it. It's the third generation. Manscaping accident. Thing of the past. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. So even if you're tweaking and you want to take it apart, put it back together, you'll still have enough electricity to continue Damn, to shave your balls. Really? Hey, and listen, man. Jeez. One of the coolest features <laughs> on the Manscaped tool is the LED light. 
illuminating. Oh, they can do that shit in the dark. Areas, bro, for a close more. And you could use that LED light to look for rocks that might have fallen in the carpet, right? Yeah, so you want to do some low lighting by candlelight with your girl and do it together? Listen, they've also upgraded to 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke. Trademark, quiet stroke technology. Quiet stroke so you don't have a stroke during your long stroke. Exactly. <laughs> and let's not forget the charging stand. My God. Right? This stand <laughs> is the most. Let's that. not forget about that. Let's not forget about that. Yeah. Show you your. You got a picture of this contraption. It's, yeah. It's online. Here. All right. Well, you can't. Manscaped. So go to man, manscaped.com. Manscaped.com. All right. 20% off free shipping with the code lucky20 at manscaped.com. Again, right? that's lucky20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping for all you cheap ass motherfuckers. Yeah. Now, come on. Lucky20, Manscaped, supporting the show. Support Manscaped because Manscaped supports the show. Make and a good your balls it. will thank you. Very oh, my God. Your brother faced with hard luck. Face, face. Face with hard luck, card shots, Steve Smurdy was with hard luck. Pimps and card shots, Steve Smurdy was with hard luck. Your brother face with hard luck. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. And yes, it's a beautiful Saturday evening coming to you from the Mayfair Hotel in downtown L.A. Welcome. On my right, my co-host is Chumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, here to entertain your women. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, shit. The natives are restless, my brothers. Knocking shit over in the lobby right hey, now. Hey, let's burn it all down. Man. Let's just take down all the banks. Money for everybody. Scalps coming out. Yeah. Murder them where Ooh. they sleep. Yeah. Murder them where they stand. <laughs> and on sound, old blue eyes. Sean Lewis, certified audio professional, engineer. The Hard Luck Show. Damn. What? Whoa, whoa. What? Look at Sean, dude. I didn't even know he could do the backspin. He's doing the Robo or the oh. robot. You're doing the robot? <laughs> Is that the robot or what? Dude, check it out. Look at that. MC Hammer. He's dancing Sean, like MC Hammer. You're going to hurt yourself, right Sean. You're going to hurt yourself. Sit down. Hey, Sit dude, down. this room ain't big enough you're for all that pop that thing over, shit, bro. You're going to bust some shit. Here, shit's bro. too small. Oh, yeah, it's coming out of your paycheck. I love it. If you love break that energy. window, it's coming out of your paycheck. I love the energy, but don't break it. Man, these guys are pumped up. Ready? Yeah. The last thing I saw was Chumahan taking like his third scoop of C4. <laughs> no water. Just straight in his mouth pre-workout. <laughs> That's what I use to brush my teeth, man. Yeah. No baking soda, C4. You know what? I listen to these other podcasts. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And even Rogan. Like, they're a little low energy. Like, I don't know what's going man, on. Man, fuck that. Do you listen to shit. some of them? And they're like, hi, this is some yeah, stuff. I, I, I listen to to go to sleep to. Yeah. This, is a, uh, this is some stuff you got to know. Let me talk to you. Ha, ha, ha. Don't you? Ha, ha, ha. Let me tell you. This is so funny. I'm a nerd. You're a nerd. <laughs> Let's be geeky together real quiet. Yeah. I want to give you a background. Uh, I don't want anything that's going to offend anyone in a cubicle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
But you know what? Man. You know what? Nah. Nah, you know what I Hell say? Hell nah. You know what I say? Nah, I say, fuck that. I said, fuck that. You know why? Yeah. Ooh, that's what I'm talking about right there. Because we get funky right up in here. That right, you mind? Oh. That we right, Sean? Funky. That right, Blue Eyes? Yeah. Come on, Blue Eyes. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Rip shit up. Uh, yep. Because right. we rip shit up. It's the greatest show on earth. The Hard Luck Show. Man, let me tell you something, you guys. Yeah, tell us. Let's tell you something. Got a gentleman here. We've got a guest in our presence. Right. That I've been trying to get on the show for a while. You know, good friend of mine uh, was telling me about this gentleman. And uh, eventually, we got to link up and have a conversation. And this gentleman, I wanted to get him on the show, man. We needed to have him on so he could share his journey. Um, and this gentleman's here today with us. And uh, he has had quite a journey. Um and I'm not going to divulge. I'm going to let him tell his story. We are all here to uh, just been looking forward to getting this guy on. Juman, I told you a little bit about our guest, right? Uh, you told me uh, some smatterings and some little dib dabs and little flip flops. You didn't yeah. give. You didn't let the entire thing out the out the barn, but you gave me just enough to let me know we got a stone cold killer up in here. Well, we got a stone cold dude right here. Yeah, yeah, we got a good man here, man. That uh, listen. With no further ado, we are going to introduce my friend Berto to the show. Berto, Berto. welcome to the Hard Berto. Luck Show, Berto. All right, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. I said, when he, when, dude, when he rolled up in here, I said, listen, man, Alberto, you know what I mean? Like, let's stop playing games. Don't lie yeah, to me, yeah. my friend. What's your jam? And he was like this. He was like... Uh, yeah, mm, uh, it's kind of hard to say. Uh, uh, so many come up. I'm like, Berto, you fucking come on, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's yeah. do this. So he said, All right, you want to know the truth? Mm-hmm. I said, Yeah. I said, He said, First thing I'm popping my mom, we said, It ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, perfect. So now you know who you're dealing with. Perfect, man. Yeah, I was sending you guys, um, I was sending you guys some, uh, some photos. Berto had sent me some photos. So I had sent you some photos. Back in the day photos yeah. and some kind of present time photos so you guys could kind of get an idea of what was cracking off. But, right. Uh, listen, Berto, um, we are mutual friends of Oscar De La Torre. Big shout out to Pico Youth and Family Center in Santa Monica. Right. Yeah, He's yeah, going to yeah. be debating uh, Bernie Sanders pretty soon here, right? I mean, yes. fucking Oscar De La Torre for president. Yes. That's and, what everyone's. It's the writing campaign. And we'll make sure that, Berto, you're invited to that because That's we're right, going to yeah. promote okay. and get behind that. Are you kidding me? This guy's going to be chief of staff. If there Oscar De La Torre <laughs> makes it into the White House, Berto's chief of staff. There you go. All right. So, Berto, what's going on, man? How are you doing today? Um, yeah, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good, and I'm really, really excited to to kind of go down this this uh, memory lane with you guys. Yeah. Uh, have you Have you talked about your story much on a on a, on a public platform, or you know? <laughs> um, not in detail. Not in detail. But um, I mean, I don't want to brag, but. When I got into the community college and I graduated, I was actually nominated a commencement speaker 
Mm-hmm. And so I kind of addressed the entire class with <laughs> with, with, the, with the prison shit. So yeah, you okay. dropped a bomb on them, right? <laughs> they were like, yeah. oh, shit. They were like, shit, we didn't know that, Birdo. Yeah, yeah, we would have yeah. ran away. Oh, <laughs> yeah, shit. All of a sudden, they put yeah, their hand yeah. on their pocket. Oh, if they're wondering why, like... Some 40-year-old guy graduating with them. That right. This is why. Yeah. Um, Here's why I'm a little bit late to the yeah, dance. And I've been, <laughs> I, I had some things to do. Yeah, yeah. I took a little detour yeah. on the way over here. Yeah. So I, I've, I've discussed it in public, and I've discussed it on discussion panels and other events. Where, But where I really like to discuss it is when we bring, like, tours onto the campus, and uh, they're, like, kind of, like, uh, at I don't want to use the word at-risk youth. Mm-hmm. We're trying, why not? We're trying why to find like want... a new one. You know, yeah, why, of... why are you trying to find a new one? Because everybody's using that. That's what they yeah. say, at-risk youth. What, what's wrong with that word? But you, I, don't, I don't really feel none of these kids are at-risk. I think, I think they're just like living in some bad conditions, but they're not like, they're almost like victims of what's going on. And I don't want to call them that either. Right. right? right. So what because the fuck are we going to call them? Yeah, we're just going to call them like inner-city youth. Inner city youth. Some inner city, inner city youth. Okay. I could get behind right. that. Yeah, inner city youth. You know what, Bertho? What do you, so what's wrong with saying at risk? So I kind of am feeling what you're saying. Like, I kind of get what you're saying. It's like somehow it's putting the problem somewhere else. Yeah. What's the real problem? Like, let's just cut right down to the it. The real problem is this fucked up system is, is fucking our kids over. It's fucking up our children. All right, that's okay. good. You know what? Show wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically, right. right. And I, I'm with you. That's yeah, yeah, it. Okay, yeah, yeah. thank you. That's okay. all I needed to hear. So <laughs> let's be, let's brew quickly for a second here. Now, now I want to just say that we're talking about right now, today. Right. This gentleman, Berto, and we've had some conversations, okay, me and him in person. And Berto is a, not only is he a teacher, he's a community leader. He's, um... Um, a mentor. He is a stand-up person in his community today. Okay, he's working towards. He's working himself. He's working towards towards goals, and he's helping other people capture and and find their worth, and and helping other people to gain as well. But this wasn't always the story, Berto. Um, how did you get? To, how did you get here, man? Take us. Well, where did he start? Yeah, where, where the start? fuck did you okay. start, Berto? Right, yeah. right. The so, real story too, not the one you tell <laughs> all them hot chicks. <laughs> uh, well, I'm from Santa Barbara County. Okay, and um, the city where I'm from is called uh, Goleta, but we call it Goleta. 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 Shout, out, shout out to all my homies from Goleta. Hey. Sure, Projects, shout out to Goleta. Goleta. Projects, N Street, Old Town, okay. all the homies. Uh, but from there, you know, you grow up, and and you grow up like uh, what I want to call. I, I identify as Chicano. Okay, right? what's that mean to you? To me, that means like you grow up Mexican American, Chicano, learning knowledge, Chicano culture, stuff like that. Right, right. Like, cause you know, there's like a lot of new words out, like like, like politic politically correct things are always uh, terms, terminology, stuff like that. A lot of people use Latinx. Now. What do you think about Latinx, brother? Oh man, I don't know. I think a lot of my college kid, my college, my uh, fellow students, you know, might get pissed off. I don't know. You know? <laughs> I, I I like to just use the word uh, Chicano for me. All right. And also, you know, and I don't want to get too deep with it, but I like to identify myself as a Southsider. What's that mean? What's that mean? It means like a, a Chicano from Southern California. Nice. Right. You can get with that, right, Steve? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Sean, can you get with that? Um, okay, no, that's yeah, enough. Sure. Thank you. Sure. Too much pause. You can't yeah. pause and be down with these dudes. Right. If you pause like that, you're gonna get pinched. My I don't friend. mind. I, hey, I'm with him. I identify. I might not play that. Right. 
But uh, I'm also not going to deny where I'm from and what I've been about and what, all right. what's all over me. So, so right. where did you start? Goleta? And then yeah. what happened? What happened is I got into a lot of shit as, as, as a youngster, you know, going to juvenile hall. For what? Places like that. Like, For what, man? Come <laughs> a on. Lot, a lot of the stuff that when I was younger was uh, theft. A lot of, uh, we were stealing a lot of cars. Yeah. And at that time, we were taking them to TJ. Oh, and we were shit. getting rid of them in TJ. How hard is that, actually? Is that easy or hard? Back in the day, it wasn't that hard because you can just walk back. We would walk back across, and a lot of times they wouldn't even ask you for your ID. You just let them them see that you can speak English English. properly. Right, right. You know, and then we started, like, kind of, like, Bringing people across because <laughs> once we drop the car off, when right. we drop the car off, the, the guy that was buying the cars, yeah, you mind uh, trying to sneak this this guy across? We were like, we'll try it. Uh, yeah. but it's kind of hard because they twist up the uh, the language when you go by. They, they'll say something crazy like, uh, "Of which country are you a citizen of?" And when you're like a, you know, when you're like a paisa, you know, someone from down from south of the border that is barely learning English, they just get stuck. Right. You know? They're just like, they ask it in uh, a complicated way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. like, oh, you're out. Yeah, yeah, don't even back. try it. Right. Go back right. where yeah. you can. You turn. Yeah. And a lot of times we would get stuck, but then like, wait a minute. What'd you say? <laughs> Repeat that shit. You're trying to confuse That's me, when they were yeah. like, all right, you can come in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Right. What the fuck you just say? You sound like a stupid American. Come on in. <laughs> exactly. Right. So that's, that's the only type they let in. Yeah. They're not going to let no one smart. Hey, you know what? Now that I got you here, how, how did you steal a car? Like, what would you do to steal a car? Did you ever come up on any of those, um, what the fuck are those locks the, on the steering wheel? What were those called? Yeah. Oh, shit. The club. The, club. the club. Did you ever fucking no. come up against the no, club? I, I, would, I, would, uh, I would go away. Yeah, right, so you, you just pass work. it up, right? Those, yeah, those they work. work. Right, so how work. would you do it, man? Like, how do you, re- back then, because it's different now, I would imagine. Yeah, no, back then, you just get a center point and pop the window, and then you just pop the fucking, pop the, pop the ignition. Yep, pop the ignition. Is that shit real? Could you actually hammer in a fucking screwdriver and, and hell turn yeah, it? you can? Hell yeah! Oh, man, you go right through the whole ignition yeah. column yeah, and just yeah. turn the whole fucking yeah. thing, and it would start to turn over. Yeah, because once you get past the little, it's like a simple little lock that accepts the key. Yeah, you get rid of that part. It's just the front part, and then it's, in back of it, it's something. It just turns and it and it turns off. Did you ever have any like scary drop offs in TJ where they, they were like, "Hey, why don't you come around here by where these two holes are dug?" Oh man, if we're gonna get into really like hardcore details, uh, yeah. let me see. Like one time we had like maybe like a half a pound of crystal tape to my leg. <laughs> Oh man! Coming, coming back over there. Coming back, yeah, like yeah. that's how Damn. they paid us. They didn't give us cash. Damn! <laughs> now we're getting gangster with it. Oh shit! So wait a second. We don't take pesos. We, we, we were taking pesos. We got five thousand dollars, but we got this bag for you. Yeah. Wait, what yeah. kind yeah. of bags were you wearing, man? Uh, we were having the big ass. Frisco Benz, yeah. Ben Davis, like just like size fifty. Could have carried a couple kilos along with that thing. We wanted. Could have carried a, a, a person in there. <laughs> Wait, uh, you all right? All right. right. Yeah. So, dude. So yeah, let me man. ask you this. Okay. So then, how do you keep your cool? Like, so you're walking across the board. You got two pounds of crystal in a pan. Two leg. pounds of crystal. Right. Was that how much it was? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But I thought you said it was a few ounces of crystal. How much right. was it? It was probably like a half a key. Half okay. a key, all, all right. right. Yeah, half a key. That's still a lot. That's all how right. they waste it over there. They don't yeah. use pounds. Right, 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 right. Kilos, right. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Metrics. Okay. So then you're walking now. Now, just take us through how you do that coup. Cool. You didn't get caught, right? No. All right. So how do you be cool walking like that? Do you have to like 
You, you make you, sure you don't do any before you, you fucking walk through. <laughs> yeah, make sure your eyeballs ain't popping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're gonna notice. I mean, do you have to walk different because you know you're weighted on one side? Did you drink a V8? Did you drink a V8? What you have to do? No, no. Once you split it in half and flatten it out, it's not that big of a bulge. All right, cool. It really isn't. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just flat get like a let get it long and flat. Right on. They're not gonna search you. Right. If you if you know you you got you got to show a certain level of confidence. You know? Right. But you gain that like that's that's one of the sad things like growing up as 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 a as a Chicano kid as yeah. a teenager. Yeah. You get pulled over a lot. You get fucked with the cops constantly. Right. Especially when you're living in, in, in a neighborhood where it's predominantly Hispanic. Uh you just you you're a target at all times. All the all the cops know you. They all know everyone's name. They you're learning. Like, you're learning. It's you're practice, learning practice, like, practice, really practice. like just, just like keep it cool. You know, you're biting a bullet like constantly. Right. And then right. and, and, and it becomes so like calm and so and that that's kind of like, that's one of the things that we focus on today is like how cause that's trauma, right? Mm-hmm. When when you when you can like Sit there with a straight face with some fucked up ass shit going on is because you've been through some fucked up shit and mm-hmm. you can keep that straight face. You mm-hmm. know, you, like you, that's a muscle you yeah. strengthen. When you're, you're used to witnessing like people getting beat down by the cops or you, you're used to witnessing people getting shot, people getting shot at, or you're the one that's shooting, you know, you, you learn to like just be numb to it, I guess. Right. You know, later on in prison, when, when, uh, when we would hear someone's going to get fucked up on the yard, um, it's just like so calm. Everyone's just like minding their business. business while business. this guy's getting stomped out. Right, right, and you right. just keep doing your pull-ups like, damn, they're getting they're fucking them up. They're fucking them up pretty good. Right. <laughs> you know, and you're, just, you're just doing your thing. Yeah. Like you learn to keep that straight face and, and all of that kind of is from like getting fucked with as a kid you know it's like not, you said you it's a muscle that you develop yeah. right yeah. right yeah. so you walk you i walk we were walking across the the border and you just keep a straight face and maybe get a couple of drinks in you too right that also helps right no you know? calm right. it down a little bit yeah you come in smiling like fuck yeah we're getting fucked up you know you you're all confident like, yeah. Party. Yeah. yeah you know do you don't you don't even you forget you had that shit fucking hanging off of your nuts right you know? right right right, <laughs> right. exactly exactly <laughs> yeah so okay, so then how did you get busted for juvie? Um, I think yeah, it was for stealing cars. Right, they, but like, eventually well, we got caught. You know, that's you another thing. Like, how did you get caught? Uh, <laughs> this was the good one because at that time I stole a good one. Okay. I, I stole such a nice car that I kept it. I was like, you know what? This is my car, <laughs> this is my car now. You know, I even fuck, oh, hell like, no. I, I did the work. <laughs> I'm going to keep this motherfucker. Yeah, when you're like 15, 16, like you like. This, this is, is not the first time I've heard this either, bro. <laughs> is it? You is held it on to the car. Yeah. You like it so much. This yeah. I, I went to the fucking car wash like once a week because I had oh, it for a while. Dude, right. I had right. it for a couple what, months. What kind of car was it? At that time, I think it was like a brand new Honda. Oh shit! You know, but it was like it was new. It was like clean. Like the fucking interior was. Convince was yourself nice. that this is really my car. Like, now. I can work with this. this <laughs> you know, and then you know, I was going. We were cleaning it. We were taking it out. You know, we we're picking up girl. I was going on dates. <laughs> dates with it. <laughs> Damn, dude. What do you, you change the? You change the plate or what? No. 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 What? No. You didn't change the plate? No, I was like 15 or seven, no, like 15 yeah. or 16. Fuck. I don't fucking no, no, know no. about he that shit. No, no, no. He probably still had the ignition. was probably super yeah, quick. Just, like, yeah. just tuck it back in, yeah, but it you pops out. You know what out. they call that where I'm from? Entrepreneurship. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they call yeah. that. 
Yeah, now now it's called the appropriation, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Appropriated it for myself. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right. So, how long were you able to drive around in your in your Honda? Yeah, yeah. I'm before the cops were like, "Ain't that the car that was stolen?" Yeah, I was driving around for a while, and it was because <laughs> the owner never reported it stolen. Oh, really? Yeah. Later on, like I, I knew that they didn't get. They had. I had. I ended up pleading guilty to like a, a lower charge, like a joyride. Right. Because the 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 uh, owner. She, it was. I think it was a lady, and it was like a doctor lady. And she never reported it stolen. Um, <laughs> a joyride. And they were trying to get me for like a GTA, and and it, and it could it wouldn't stick because she the lady like lived. I think she had moved too, mm-hmm. so she wasn't even in the area, and they couldn't get her like in as a witness. They couldn't <laughs> get her to report it stolen. Mm-hmm. So then they were just like they just had me in like a car that wasn't mine. Right. right. So that's not really <clears throat> that, a grand that's not really auto. a crime. Right, it's not really right. like it was uh, a three week joyride. <laughs> so that was one of them but i ended up getting caught with another one and that one that one was a little bit harder and that's when i got the the time because the the joyride one i think i was just on probation right then another one and then i got got caught with another one like i had like a bad habit for for stealing cars back when i was when i was a teenager and I wasn't really much of like a violent, violent person. You know? Studio audience loves that. They love, they love your, your career, though. That's when they prove. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, like, I, I, yeah, I wasn't much into the, like, the violent part. Mm-hmm. You know, some, teenager, some teenagers can get very violent because they're so, you know, angry. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I was more like a stoner. Stoner, like, I just, want, I just didn't want to pay for shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? Because I, I didn't have no that. money. So right. I, yeah, yeah. I just didn't want to pay for it. And so then I fun. started developing the nerve to like just take it. Right. You know? Right. That the was the problem. Time, first time you steal a car, is it super exciting? No, that one was scary. It was scary. No, that one was pretty scary. Because I was doing it with, with kids that were older than me. Oh, so you and were so, ch- like, I was like, I, I, was, I was like more worried about how they thought about me than like getting caught like by the mm-hmm. cops. That's crazy. I was like, man, I wonder if they're going to gonna think I'm down, you know? Like, right, you know, right. You know, you want the bigger homies to like, you know, to like see you as someone that's down. You know, that's like that's another issue that we try to tackle. You know, absolutely, with the kids that are coming onto the camp, the inner city youth that inner come onto the camp. Youth, right. it's like, how, how can we? How can we change that? I was talking about, and we talk about this a few times on shows. As you're committing these crimes, okay, you multiple car thefts over and over, and you just start taking shit. But, and I found this to be true for me. The more I did, the more confident I got. Yeah. And the stakes start to rise up, and you start to believe your own shit. Because each time you get away, you believe, why can't I do this then? Then why can't I do that? Was that your experience as well? Yeah, yeah, because that led into, like, even bigger, like, things. After a while, once I graduated from, like, a teenager to an adult, like, I realized, like, what the fuck, what the, why the fuck are we stealing cars? Let's take it another level. Mm-hmm. You know, we start robbing like massage parlors. Mm-hmm. We start robbing like places where we knew they weren't going to call the cops because there was fucked up shit going on there. Right, right, right. Yeah. Of course, you leverage, <laughs> dude. So yeah. let me ask you a question: uh, a massage parlor? A massage parlor? Was it one of those rubbing tugs? The rub. <laughs> was it a rub? Yeah, tug? he's yeah. saying there's yeah. illegal yeah. shit going on I know. there. All right, so so how does that work? You just walk up? Did some white dudes run out with a heart on, or like how did that? <laughs> what, is there any funny rubbing tug stories? Yeah, at the time there was no like. 
Like, um, no tugging white, going on. Like, why is it going to be a white guy? Yeah. <laughs> white guys are the ones that are getting jacked off yeah, in those places. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, the Patriots guy, right? but Yeah, that, yeah, Robert Kraft. Guy. Guy's got billions yeah. of dollars and he's still getting a rub and tug. And that's how you know they have money there. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bunch of Mexican guys coming out like, I don't rob that place. Right, right, right. right, right. right. They'd right be there. paying in crystal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right, yeah, so, yeah. so, uh, so, so, so Juvie's like your first institution? In yeah. terms of uh, getting in a correctional kind of thing? Yeah. And what's Juvie yeah. like, man? For Juvie, no, Juvie no Hall is like, I don't know. Looking back at it, it was like, it was like very basic. Um, the one where I was at. Like, I'm, uh, the town I live in is not a big town. So the Juvenile Hall is not that big. Mm-hmm. You end up knowing all the, like, you, you end up growing up and, and, and knowing all the bad kids. Like, and, and it's not a big, big crowd. Right. Not like here, like. Where we're going, we're going into a juvenile facility now, and we're taking a class with the with the kids that are there, and it's called Barry J. Needarf uh, Juvenile Facility in Silmar, and that place looks like a fucking supermax prison. And shit. Yeah, it's yeah, fucking yeah. big. It's fucking big, and there's a, there's a, there's a lot. They got a lot of kids locked up in there. Right, and that you know? that anonymity, that level of an- anonymity and crowd and stuff like that, can create all kinds of different problems. Yeah, and and he, and and there, like with the insecurities you have as a, as a kid, there's so much shit going on. You know, you're tested constantly. It's like yeah. um, it may even be worse than prison in in that sense. Yeah, yeah. We're like yeah. we're like you're like constantly trying to like prove yourself. I know, like youth authorities like that. White yes was like yeah. that. You know, yeah. some of the places were worse than prison, bro. Because, because of the age and what's being trying to be proved. Dudes are fucked up in, the, in between the ages of like 18 yeah. and 22. Right. Yeah. It's I like what they, what they say about the uh, baby rattlesnake. It's always, it's always more dangerous than, than a, a fully than grown rattlesnake. Really? Because it'll inject like it's all its venom instead of... There you go. Instead of just like a bite and then They don't know. Right. They right, don't right. know. They don't really know like their... Power. Their power. Yeah. Well, they'll also, give you all of it. But they're also more Makes vulnerable. Sense. So they gotta, they gotta throw everything they got at you because they're smaller. Yeah. And you know, the other thing is, is that maturity level too. I would imagine that once you're in prison at that level, you understand codes, there's rules and you're starting to follow the rules. But when you're in that young situation, right, you might not be able to follow any of those codes or it doesn't matter to you. Yeah. It's just definitely more. I've seen some more way out fucked up shit. I got a question. I always think about juvie, and I and I for, for the first thing that enters my mind is, do those adults fuck with the kids? Because like I'm always thinking, there's if I'm a pedophile guy, one of the places I might work is at juvie, because I would feel like you got a ton of kids coming in who are damaged or have bad feelings or not going to talk. Mm-hmm. You have some dangerous ones for sure, but you also got a whole bunch that are, are going to be victims to the dangerous ones, and then you got no one's going to question why you're around kids. Right? No one's going to be like, well, why are you around these younger people? So I would think that in Juvenile Hall, some of those people that be are a running... a good reading ground for those guys. 100%. What do you think about that, Berto? Um, I, about the, what, like, crooked policemen? Like no, pedophiles like coming in, molesters and stuff like that, working at these places. I, I, could, I could see it. I don't have, like, proof and shit like that, but I can definitely... I definitely see the angle that they would use. Right. Steve, have you ever seen or heard of anything? Not in juvenile hall, but I would think that that would be more in like a placement or a more privatized boys' home. 
I could see mm. that. In juvenile hall, you're kind of on blast. There isn't really room There's to There's like, like cameras and yeah. shit around. But I, I could know. see that in some weird yeah. placement centers or foster homes. Like halfway houses around. where the boys end up at. Yeah. But, yeah. but well, one thing that I do know or, or that I that I, I knew growing up, growing up and I do know now, and it's it, 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 it falls exactly to what you're saying. But like I think like when you were explaining yourself right now, yeah. like you think of like a man. But there's women pedophiles too, and I, that, those are the ones that probably are are, are fucking the kids. You know I what? Say. You know what? You know, I agree with you. <laughs> if you see like a fine ass like girl working at a, a juvenile facility, I don't know. I'm thinking like, man, yeah, you know, what's that all about? This yeah. freak, she's probably a freak, and she, you know, she's like, <laughs> but it's like a double standard, right? Like right. you don't really think about it, like because because you know when you said that, I didn't think about. Uh, it, it, but until I came to the, like that that thing in my like in my past, where like I had heard of like. Chicks. chicks getting pregnant by the inmates in the juvenile you know? home, and those women, like even though it's like, oh, those are pedophiles. Dude, Absolutely, they are. They're I, I'm fucking the kids, so, and I'm not going to reveal it now. But I have experience with that. Yeah, I have experience with an adult woman. Yeah, and me being a minor. Yeah, and having that kind of contact and knowing, like later at the time, it's confusing, but later. I'm like, that's pedophilia, yeah, but no one's Chester. calling it that. She's a Chester. She's fucking, she was so breaking the law. Molestation. She's a child molester. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with you. I, you know what? I had, do you ever get that radar where like you're like at a function or you're in a place where there's a lot of interaction between children and, and adults, and then every once in a while you see something that it's not overtly wrong? Like if you you know, but the, the way an adult's hugging a kid, or the way the adult's like wrestling with the kid on the ground, you're or, like, what's that all about? You're like, dude, there's something slightly a little bit off about what's going on over there. Well, I'm gonna straight up tell you right now. Go ahead. I think that there is something slightly off about people that work in corrections. I agree with if you. Your job, like, unless you're somebody that has, you're you're passionate about saving kids you know you know those types of people yeah right they're just that's all they're gonna do with their life is try and save every kid okay i get okay i get that i don't know i almost but, think there's something wrong with that well who knows maybe there is okay. but i seen some of the adults that yeah. deal with the kid and it's like this power trip shit right maybe they're not there to molest them but they're there like i'm gonna fucking yeah get back every kid who bullied me or something weird right and then he corrections man there's a lot of corrections officers that are just like straight angry at the they're angry at every inmate bro there you can do no they come there and they're fucking pissed off in life and they're taking it out on every fucking because they're in prison too they're like almost they're getting paid and they're voluntarily they're in prison too they might not be on that side of the bars but they're they've given their time and energy oh bro i've heard it a number of times and i remember a motherfucker that was paroling after doing like 20 and he was coming off of a, a three yard and he told this one CEO that he hates. He was leaving. He's like, I'm out of here, motherfucker. You're still stuck here for another fucking 20 years. I'm out of here now. Fuck you. And he, yeah. he was leaving. Yeah. You know? And one thing, too, like, that that I thought about um, was that a lot, a lot of the uh, correctional officers in, in all places, in all places that require that, that kind of, like, power over someone is that a lot of them feel that that they have to administer some some form of punishment or discipline to you because they feel that you deserve it. When in reality, like the time that you were given, the sentence, mm -hmm. that is your punishment. Right. right, they, right. They, they still feel like you like that more has to be done. But just right. the fact that you got the time and you're there is that that's it. 
That's it. They didn't like that's when they a, when a, they sentence you, they don't tell you like like we sentence you to like the ten years and like. A bunch of abuse by our right, our, our right, 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 right. So that's no. not part of the. That's not part of the deal. What's interesting? I I just watched an hour long documentary on this jail in Norway, and they were talking about okay, the guy got sentenced to like fifteen years. That's his sentence. So why do we want to make anybody feel worse that they're doing this sentence? So they were like trying to help him. Now it's our job to rehabilitate. Our job yeah. is to rehabilitate the person to help them to better themselves. It wasn't about repunishing and punishing, punishing over and over again. It was just what you said, bro. Their kind of ideology was like, all right, now this person's going to be incarcerated here for 15 years or whatever. It's our job to help them to yeah. learn how to build a new life and process. It was like it was done completely backwards from where we're at here in the United States. Right, but I'm I'm listening to the counter argument from the guy with the MAGA hat. Let's say the guy with the MAGA hat's going to say. Yeah, but it's implied, fellas. Jail's not supposed to be fun. It's right, supposed to be right, right, So what right. is your response, Berto, to that? He's wrong. He's wrong. <laughs> All right. And if you're going to be obeying the law, yeah. then it doesn't say that in the law. And, it's, it's, and if you're going to say it's implied in the law, I want to see it implied in the I want to see it written in the, in the small print because there is small print. There is small print. Yeah, when you read the laws, there's like section B, there's section C. Right. And then, and then those and, have sub points. And then yeah. it's, nowhere is there found in the California, California penal code that the uh, uh, correction officers are to inflict punishment. They're there. Like, like you said, the CDCR stands for California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Right. They're there to rehabilitate you, but maybe they should change that word then or not have it. What would you, right. what would you say to the people that say that some people can't be rehabilitated? It's still your job to rehabilitate. No, Berto's taking a strict legal perspective. He's saying, like, look, until they write, okay, and the motherfuckers that can't be rehabilitated, then you can beat the shit out of them every day. He's saying, if that, listen, what he's saying is, and this is a good point, he's saying, you go to jail or prison because you violate the law. Once you're in jail, the correction officers are violating the law every day. Why? Because they're actually administering a punishment that wasn't actually allowed by the law. Yeah. And yet, and prescribed, wasn't prescribed by and the law. And there, there is a, an inherent contradiction to that. Yet, society in California, society especially, as liberal as it wants to think it is, has kind of accepted this. They've accepted it. Yeah. Right? David, they, but you, they've accepted a lot of shit, especially yeah. in the last, what, four? Three or four years, a lot of people have accepted a lot of new shit. It's uh, crazy. Are you tripping on? Shit. Are you tripping on all that? I'm tripping on like, uh, is everyone asleep? Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, they when are. I got out of prison in 2016, I thought the world or this society was fucking upside down. And I'm thinking like, if you want to take it into like a conspiracy type yes. thing, yes. I think it started flipping upside down when those towers fell. Huh. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, yes. I'm with Some that. shit happened. Some like mass fucking scam shit. Mind shit happened mm-hmm. with everyone. And the laws too that came with it. Like the Patriot Act. Right. The 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 information, the Freedom of Information right. Act or some shit right. like that, right? Right. Yeah. right. Like all of these things have allowed like the your privacy to be handed over to an entity that you cannot see. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get back to that, to, wait, wait, to wait. The, yeah, let's yeah. let's let's go back to this for a second. This is to get back to the COs and uh, um, the 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 inflicting of punishment and that how it's like yeah. implied. Yeah, it's not the only thing that's implied in a CO's uh, 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 
um, job description. Job description is that they are there for the inmate's safety. They're not even there for their own safety. Okay, but if they're there to keep me safe, why the fuck are they hitting me with sticks? Yeah, but what and, if, and, and, and shooting me with uh, with with block guns because that's 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 happened that happened to me because they're yeah, gonna, so, well, there's a because yeah, yeah they're gonna say because. their argument's gonna be because it's not just your safety, Berto. Yeah, it's everyone else's safety too. I right. gotta protect them from you right. and you from them, and sometimes it's gonna require me to hit you in the face with a fucking yes. billy club. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yes, and here's the other thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Let's not go down that road. <laughs> not during the prison segments. Um, but the the what I wanted to pick up though on was you just said something that fucking set my brain on fire, brother. You just yeah. said when I got out in 2016, I thought the world was upside down. Right. Okay. When did you go in? I went in uh, uh, between 2002, 2003. I think in 2002 is when I went to county. And then, uh, yeah, and then I just us- stayed there until, until 2016. I Can stayed you- in county, then I went to upstate, and then I got out in 2016. Can you bring us through? I know we got to juvenile hall. What happened? What sent, what sent you to prison? And, and uh, what were you there, 14 or 17? How long yeah, about were you there? 14 years. 14. 14 years. How did that come about? Because we are going to get back to the uh, planes crashing and, and everything being upside well, down. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm almost thinking right now we got a perfect test case, like a perfect examination <laughs> right here. Mm-hmm. Because all of us frogs have been in the water as it's been boiling slowly. So we haven't noticed. Uh, but what we got right here is Bertha. Somebody fresh to it. Fresh. fresh he went high. in 14 years before that. Mm-hmm. Right. So of that course. was during what, Clinton time? That was, uh, no, that was Bush and then Obama. Okay. So you went on no, Bush second, Ju- second Bush. W. No, first Bush. Bush Junior or or, or Bush, Bush Junior. The smart, the Bush dumb Jr. Bush or the smart Bush. The dumb Bush. <laughs> the dumb Bush. Okay. So you went in on on Junior. Yeah. The dumb Bush. Yeah. Trump Part One. <laughs> yeah, uh, basically. Uh, right. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Except he actually kind of liked Mexican people, but <laughs> this one doesn't. Right. right. Okay. So you go in. Okay. So what was it that sent you in during dumb Trump years? I mean, dumb um, bush years. I got I got caught up in a in a in a shooting. Um, uh, shout out to my to my to my brother from another mother, my carnal, a, a, a big hoser, Jose Romo. Um, we ended up doing something, you know, some gang related type shit. Um, he's still kind of doing an appeal thing, so I'm not I'm not going to get into too many details about okay. that because that you know. You don't want to right. throw a wrench in the case. I yeah. I it's just, it's just, it just happens like that. There's just kind of like, it's still kind of like an ongoing thing where yes. like he might get out, but I'm not sure. Right. But right, right. definitely don't want to like hinder anything, hinder anything by trying to like, you know, say too much about what his story is. Because right. even though we were both right. involved in something, his story is his story. And right. Mine. Of course. And well, I was involved in the shooting mm-hmm. uh, and I was, I was charged with murder. Um, as the case kind of progressed, the the main the main witness or the what they call the star witness, mm-hmm. who was actually like a, a, someone who had PC'd up in prison, um, that was kind of like he was like you know he was saying stuff. He was, they used him as a confidential informant. He was, he was, uh, yeah, confidential yeah. informant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. PC uh, for those people who don't know, PC is protective custody. That's yeah. some snitch bitch shit. Yeah, right? yeah, okay. yeah, All yeah. Right. And please continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, as when their case fell apart, which has nothing to do with 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 my homie who is still doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
their case fell apart on me when 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 the star witness admitted to to my private investigator like on tape that the cops were paying him to say whatever they wanted. Damn. And in this, was they this... weren't like telling him exactly word for word. This is what you got to say. They were coaching. But they him. were feeding him, you know, and they were coaching him. They were like, you and know, they were paying him. They were paying him. I know. They how were that putting shit... money on his. Books. I know how that shit works, bro. Bro, are you listening to this? Please Again? listen. What was the what was the guy's was the uh, officer's name? Uh, Raphael. <laughs> Perez. Uh, <laughs> no, no, this was in Santa Barbara yeah, County. Yeah. But... No, they got their own. They, they got, got their, their own, own Perez up there. They got their own. Yeah, you everybody know how those has questions, their own you know, shit going on. Like that, you know how those questions work. It's like this. It's like so, and, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, right? but I mean, would you say then, from what you saw from your own eyewitness testimony on a clear day from about two feet away, would you say that that guy was guilty? Yeah, that's how they're pitching it to him. That's exactly how they're pitching it to him. But dude, you're you're saying that this was on tape. What if it wasn't on tape? I would have gotten I would have gotten Bro, if that wasn't on tape, you'd have gotten life. This is why I tell people it's like I don't know what you did or didn't do. You know what I mean? Like, like let's let's just be real. Mm-hmm. Okay, sometimes people do do the wrong thing. Right. Eh, let's not fucking bullshit ourselves and jack each other off. It's true. Okay. But sometimes you didn't do anything. That's right. And sometimes what you did isn't what they said you did. That's right. Okay. So there's no need to help them. There is no need to make the government's job easier to fuck you up. You ain't going to get, you ain't doing a damn thing if you think, I'm going to help the government. They're going to see what I did. Give me a gold star and help me out. That ain't going down like that ever. Never have I seen that. Mm-mm. Right? And you're an attorney. I am law. an attorney. I law. And, and I know that. And I would tell anybody that. And then like, and I have sometimes these MAGA fucks come up to me and be like, that's it. But that's not true. That's not honesty. And I'm like, until the system's honest, don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> like, Until the president bro. isn't pulling his own guys back out of the Department of Justice and giving them a different sense, don't fucking talk to me about honesty. honesty. Yeah, give me, yeah. get, take that shit somewhere else. So, so, so okay, so then you go God in damn, for man, that. that At least you caught that. So yeah. then what did they do? They cut a deal with you? Wait, back up, back up. Wait, wait. Yeah. Here's the fucked up thing, bro. Go ahead. If he was in, if this guy was in contempt and lying and they had it on tape oh he'd be charged with more shit on top of his shit did whoever said or was it, did these guys reap any per, uh, repercussions no i bet they didn't no for pri- for bribing no. pay all that comes out on tape do you think any of those people had to fucking face the fucking music no no uh, well one of the things too is that they they didn't put that tape out my my attorney played it for the DA. The DA was like, fuck. Okay, here's the deal. You know? Right, just so they can make it go away. Right? But they don't have to pay a price for it, for no. their scandalous ass no, shit, right? The fucking cops that, that, that did it didn't have to answer for nothing. See what I'm saying, man? Yeah, you know, and what's crazy about that is, and I've said it, I've said it before, which is like, the cops are supposed to be professionally trained. Like, listen, I, I don't know. I mean, I've met some, you know, dudes from neighborhoods here and they run that kind of stuff. So and I'm not going to talk like I really know about it. But just from what I've seen. All right. That's what I'm going to say. From what I've seen, you're not guaranteed a salary doing stuff for the neighborhood. Sometimes you, it's coming in and sometimes you got nothing. There's no pension for the dudes in the neighborhood. 
There's no fucking paid sick time for the dudes in the neighborhood. All these cops get that. Cops get paid sick time. They get double overtime. They're getting pensions. They're getting all this extra shit. And it's on the backs of the taxpayer. Even these dudes in the neighborhood that maybe are doing stuff they ain't supposed to be doing, when they buy shit, some of that money is actually going to pay cops salaries and all that other shit. Now, all we ask, right, is that the cop remain professional. Play by the rules. By the, your own rules. The rules that gave life to you to be able to carry a gun. The right. rules that gave life to you to even have a job. Mm-hmm. And if you think it's a double standard, you are correct. It is. Mm-hmm. In the same way that anyone who's a professional, right? It is a double standard. Why? Because you're holding yourself up and you're taking the check. I can't take... My hourly rate, which is a lot. Let me tell you, uh, by the way, if you want a good attorney, contact me, OhanaBowen.com. <laughs> you don't miss a I'll take care of any, every single one of you. I'll put you in a headlock, smack you around. But the thing is, is you're taking that check. Yes, there's a double standard. Yes, there's a double standard, and there should be, because we're expecting more out of you. So it's more to your, even more to your point, which is to say, if you're going to go around and do criminal bullshit and then hide behind that and then make fucked up deals and then, you know, not pay any penalties for violating the law when you're trying to enforce the law, then you got a corrupt system. You got a rot. You got a rot in boards in your house that are going to, that house is going to collapse. And that, that could be tied into the, the, what we were saying about the correctional officers too, because a lot, a lot of the cops who have taken these oaths and, and swear by these ethics of high standards and even like, even like, if you want to even include like uh, uh, good Christian values, yeah, uh, have like convinced themselves that they gotta sink down to like the criminal's level in order to perform their job, like in order, in order to bust people. You know what that is? That's laziness. You know what that is? That's fucking laziness. When you say I'm gonna sink down, I'm gonna do what the person that I don't agree with, I'm gonna lay down with them. Because I don't want to do or think more critically about how to capture or do what I'm supposed to do in the way that I see value in myself. That's laziness. That's pure. That's all that is. And it makes me think of a training day when he's giving them that speech on the freeway and he says it takes a wolf to catch a wolf. And he's just trying to convince them that it's okay that we break the law because we're doing, we're fighting the good fight. At the end, we're like the good guys and this is necessary and it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your hands are dirty, your hands are dirty. Every enemy that the United States has fought has said that exact same thing to their own soldiers. You don't think that the Germans in World War II were telling their own soldiers like we're fighting the good fight. Mm-hmm. They just don't understand. And mm-hmm. we got to keep at it. You don't right. think the Germans were saying that? Yeah. I'm and you sure don't think were. like well-intentioned patriotic German dudes were like, that's right. We got to, the world's against us. That's why you, we have to be careful in our own country about that kind of rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Like we have to be careful because you don't know when your own country, the people at the top might be leading you into doing some foul shit. And that can happen at any level. Yeah, in when Trump's talking about sometimes you just got to punch a motherfucker in the face, <laughs> blow his shit up, and, you know, because they don't understand. You know, right. It's the only thing they understand. And, yeah. Real careful with talk like that. Um, so, okay, with, with between the lines, uh, so things proceed. They play that for the DA. The DA is like, this case is going to go to shit, and they offer you a deal. They offer me a deal. They offered me... Uh 
12 years. Uh, but I, 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 when they came for me, because I wasn't caught like at, at the scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. Like, as their investigation progressed, and as they started, like, had, like having contacting other people that were, like, involved, my name came up, and they came to get me. Okay. When they came to get me, they caught me with, with, a, bunch of, with a bunch of dope and, uh, like, a shitload of stolen property because that was, like, for a long time, that was, like, my thing, right? Mm-hmm. I just fucking couldn't. I had sticky fingers. Right. I couldn't fucking stop doing these, 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 these things. Like, when, you were, when we were talking about well, a juvenile hall and, yeah. and, and the cars, like, yeah. that I graduated into, like, breaking into, like, UPS. Mm-hmm. Breaking into FedEx, I started. I started doing like research on shit, like where like what what can I get that'll get me the most money, mm-hmm. where I have to do the least violence, mm-hmm. and so I was just breaking into shit. And at that time, eBay was like really new, but for me, like as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. I started. I I realized I caught onto it quick, and like you know, I, I became like the neighborhood fence where I was just like selling all the shit I had on eBay mm-hmm. and just making money that way. Right, right. So I wasn't. I wasn't. I, so I, stopped, I stopped. You. I stopped robbing people. I stopped. Like I stopped doing things where I knew that they were they were violent. For some reason, I knew that that shit was gonna get me caught. Right. Mm-hmm. When you do violent shit, the, I don't know how. This is another conspiracy thing, but how the <laughs> fuck the cops find out? Mm-hmm. It's like they got a radar. You know, like they know when shit happened. Like, like if you hear like shootings and shit, and then you're like, oh, they caught the guy like somewhere. It's like they fucking knew. Like they knew it happened, or like they know. They know. Who did it? You know, most of the time they know who did it and they'll catch who did it because they just fucking know. Right. <laughs> like, how the fuck do they know? Mm. Anyways, like, so I had convinced myself, like, okay, don't do nothing violent because they're going right. to fucking find out and come get you. Right. They're not going to come get you for this shit, though. Like, for just know. plain property. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I was, I, was, I was selling that shit on eBay a lot. And I was doing all right to the point where I moved out here to L.A., like, bigger area, more mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. At that time too, I was selling a lot. Of, I was selling a lot of coke. Okay. And and I was I was actually when that shit happened with 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 my homeboy, I was living in L.A. Like the whole time I'm doing shit out here in L.A. Like a lot of shit, you know. And I get caught in Santa Barbara for for that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and it's that's because like, the universe has a sense of humor. <laughs> the universe is like, come down to L.A., do a bunch of coke, do a bunch of shit, but you're gonna get caught in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Like I, I, I just, it, didn't, it didn't make a lot of sense But like you know Looking right. back at it It's kind of It does like Kind of fall into play Like this type of like Narrative I, I always like I'm always replaying In my mind about About shit that happened And why it happened right. And why I'm here And let me ask right. you a question man right. Was it one of those situations Where if you hadn't Gone back to Santa Barbara They might not have Picked you up Um Yeah I think so. so I think you, all of these things like had to happen. No, but I mean, uh, like, like they had so, to, they had to catch me. Did you think though? But did you have you spent some time thinking about like, fuck, why did I go back to Santa Barbara? I could have just stayed put, and I probably would have been all right. Or yeah, oh. if they never would have like even like had put their hands on me, you know, if I would have just became like some like mystery player in the whole right. situation, they probably would have forgot about me and like whatever because they just wanted to talk to me at the time mm. right i guess maybe they probably would have put out a warrant and like because how they did with uh one of my neighbors in the county jail was jesse james hollywood okay but how they did him like they kind of like convicted him like he wasn't even there you know right, at the right, time right, they had right. convicted him and like 
They put him on trial. He wasn't there. Yeah, you like, can. You they can probably con- would have done that to me. They can convict people in absentia. In absentia, yeah. That's what it's called. That's probably what would have happened. Motherfucker ain't here, but we're still convicting you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Damn. Damn. It's like, imagine that seat. That's him, but it's just the empty right. seat. Damn. <laughs> So all well, right. that's when you went down when Jesse James when when that all that shit was I, I going was down in the county him. jail when that shit happened with him. But okay. I don't, my also one of my neighbors was uh, Ryan Hoyt, the guy that went like to death row for that shit. Right. He was right. he was my neighbor. Okay. I know uh, uh, they had me in isolation with 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 a bunch of fucking people that you know that they, they knew they were gonna fuck. Right, right. The right. people that they know they're gonna fuck in the ass real good. They keep them in another <laughs> right, part. Yeah, another part. The, right. the, the S and M wing. That's because yeah. they're gonna fuck you good. Ryan, <laughs> right, right, Ryan right. James Hoyt was an associate of uh, Jesse James. Yeah. Right. And he was uh, a trigger man. Wasn't yeah, he? he was the guy that shot the guy dead. Yeah, convicted right. of the murder of Nicholas Markowitz on August 9, 2000. He owed Hollywood money for drugs. That'll do it. And offered the opportunity to kill Mark Woods as a way of erasing his debt. So that's what Ryan Hoyt did. He owed money to, according Jesse. to this, according to Wiki, he owed money to Jesse and off this dude Markowitz uh, to pay off his debt. And so those were the dudes you were hanging with. No, no, in, I wasn't hanging out no, with them. I mean, they were my the, neighbors in the county jail. They were in the cell in the county jail. Yeah. They were in the in the vicinity. Yeah, they were. They were the. They were. Yeah. They were there. Right. I was like, in, I was placed alongside like those types of like people that had like these fucked up crimes. Right. right. You know? Gotcha. But Why did they put you in that? It was a high profile case, and at that time they had they had four of us. I so see. they had to keep us all separated from each other, so we wouldn't like I guess talk to each other, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, they had like their own reasons. Sure. But they had us all spread out uh, in different places of the prison, um, where they had like high profile like cases. Mm-hmm. Right. Or right. High, what they call in LA County high power. Right. right, they have you. In, they had me in high power, even though like right. I was like fucking nobody, you know. Right, like it's not high power. It's not like where they keep all like the the super main heads of anything, you know. It's right, just like right, it's just right, kind right, of a place right. where like they'll keep you if they really want to fuck you. Yeah. All right. So then, after you're put in that situation, right? So they they caught you with some stuff, I guess, is what they you're trying me, to say. They caught me with like about nine ounces of coke mm. and like like, like two pounds, two pounds of like chronic. At okay. that time, like weed was like. Bomb weed was like, really expensive. Yeah, yep, it was yep. really expensive, and it was still kind of like they'll still fucking give you time for it. So they got, yeah, had like these two yeah. pounds of like some really good fucking. Yeah, chronic, chronic was like five, six thousand dollars a pound yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah, it was about four. I was paying yeah. about four, but but it was a it was expensive. Like right? it wasn't what yeah. it was today. Today no, is no. like that's why I mean like and you were going to, and you were going to prison if you got got with a pound or two. Yeah, yeah, and that's why that's one of the things like how the world was fucking upside down when. When I got out. Yeah, right, that know? makes sense why this was his song. <laughs> he was found with the chronic. Yep. <laughs> mm. All right, so all right, so then they found you with something. Um, they cut a deal. You said, fine, I'll do the deal. And they gave me the guy like, pretty much the max for that shit because it was like, I don't know, you don't get that much time, right? You don't get that much time for some. I think, but the, the most time I got was I had to plead guilty to a gang enhancement. Oh, I because the man. DA was like a hard ass. Like they did this because of the gang. Like uh, we got oh, we got oh. we got to tie it into the gang. And it, it was, was it, like was, a, it was election year. And let me tell you something. When you get year. gang enhancements, yeah. As soon as you sign off on a gang enhancement, yeah. it changes everything about your CDC jacket. Your street, like you'll never be the same. Once you start getting labeled with gang enhancements, right, it affects everything else that goes on with you. You understand it, right? And it affects you when you get out. Yeah, right. Like yep. when I got when I paroled, I got out. It was just like, 
you know, I went to my, I visited my parole officer and he was like, he started getting all high power with me, you know, because he saw like my, my case. Oh, because later on, and we'll, I'll explain later, like I caught a case in prison. Right. So he was like, they, they see that shit. And like, so they're, they're thinking like, oh my God, this guy's going to get out and like do, do like some, some shit. Right. Yeah, and he start like, oh. orchestrating more shit. Yeah, yeah. He starts dropping names on right. me and mm-hmm. shit like that. And I'm like, well, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And like by then, I'm just like convinced I'm never going back to prison, uh, and I'm just gonna go back to school. Like that shit does like not wasn't wasn't like affecting me, right? But it's still it's still they still bring it up, right. you know, and they treat you like as somebody that 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 somebody that has those uh, uh, charges and and labels will treat you. You know, they're yeah. just like you're not gonna fuck around in my county. You know, I know who you're associated with, right, shit right, like right. that. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. I'm just like some guy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even like. I'm not what you guys are making me out to be. Yeah. And those are, that's that's what labels do. They they start creating shit in other people's minds. Yep. Um. So so where did they send you to do your prison time? Um. You got twelve. Is that what you yeah. said? Okay. I got twelve at that time. I had twelve, and I had half time. Okay. So I only had to do like six. Okay. Um, Would you go to Ironwood? I went to Ironwood. I was at Ironwood. Um, I was at I was at Calipat for a little bit. Uh huh. I was at Wasco. They sent everyone to Wasco or like a, you know one of those reception centers. But nice. I was there for a while. I was on on their main line for a little bit. Okay. Too. I thought I was gonna stay there and ended up not staying there. Uh, I will. Then they shipped me out to uh, Mississippi. Because of the overcrowding. That's the crazy part. Now, how long were you down? Listen to this shit. So, how long were you down in California CDC? How much time had you done in Cal- CDC before you got moved? Before I got moved, I think I was I was down for about six. And this was most of the time was at Ironwood State Prison. And um, you you caught a case in there. I caught a case at Ironwood State Prison, uh, and I ended up do- getting eight. They gave me eight. You, they gave you eight. They gave me four. On the case. They gave me four, but I had a, a prior strike, so they gave me a strike, and they doubled you it. Double it because you get double plus eighty percent of whatever the strike yeah, is. Yeah, so they were really fucking people. Oh, over you hear that, Juman? Yeah, he goes in with twelve. Is supposed to do six because right. he's got halftime coming. Yeah, one strike. Okay. Okay. So you only got halftime. He, they, they, they charge him with a crime. Inside a CDC, a violent crime. Okay. They give them eight years, but they also carry it as a strike. So now it's a second strike. Second strike conviction, that four years gets doubled to eight years. What did W? At, what, what did George W. Bush call it? Fuzzy math? Yeah. That sounds like some fuzzy math, man. That's fucked up. So, so it ends up being eight years at 80% on top of... Yeah. Okay. So... so Damn, bro, and that and Kings. Uh, what what, ca- what county was that that picked that up? Do you remember? It's Riverside. It's Riverside County. Oh at yeah, the, out of Ironwood. Yeah, yeah. At the time, um, there was this whole issue with the overcrowding. Yeah. So right? t- yeah, what happens? Okay, so there was like this when I came in, like into uh, upstate on the main line. Um, I came in at about the at about the time when all kinds of shit was getting taken away by like by by what the like. Uh, like the system was like in the 90s right? right right they didn't they weren't they had taken away they had just taken away the cigarettes they weren't letting you get packages from right. from your people private right. packages right they weren't letting you uh family visits were being taken family visits were they lifers. were still there but you had to do like a little bit more to get it right and lifers i, I think lifers couldn't couldn't right. get them no more weights gone the weights were gone 
um, the the gyms starting to get filled up. There was right. no more like basketball and gyms. They were like, oh, put we need beds this. In there. We need yep. to put beds in triple, this. The, triple bunk beds. Triple in there. bunk beds. Jesus it was like Christ. we called those people gym creatures. Mm-hmm. They were just like, you turn into something else when you're in there. <laughs> you know, and um, so all kinds of shit was like getting like slowly take getting taken away they're fleecing you like little by little mm-hmm. right and then they start moving in and then at that time too there was like this huge surge in like people uh piecing up right um because because they're just sending anyone to prison my my theory and i don't have like any statistics i don't I, it's just Yo, like, fuck from, like statistics we don't need that <laughs> shit yeah. here. it's, it's just like from show. what i've seen yeah you know um I feel a lot of a lot of people were getting sent to prison that didn't belong in prison. They just weren't prison material, right? right. They weren't getting into shit. They weren't they weren't homies, right? They weren't they weren't like Southsiders. They weren't they just weren't prison material. They were they, they would get victimized. They would drop out like on you know at, at, on a dime, right? And a lot of a lot a lot of those people started becoming uh, PCs and. Now, now they had to make room for the PCs. SNL prison. SNY, yeah, they call SNY, SNY yard, special needs yards. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds like millennials. Needs. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like millennials went to prison uh, and then they just started exactly. snitching because well, they couldn't handle it. One of the, yeah. one of my arguments when when these kids come in that you know they they they're obviously like you know about it you know they're about it, about it and like mm-hmm. you know and I'm trying to like I'm I'm trying to convince them like you know as somebody that went through all that shit like like prison isn't cool no more man. You're not like the way you're envisioning it, or if you're still watching fucking Blood in Blood Out. We are watching American Me. How old is that movie? That is. It is not like that no more. Guess what? They watch that too, and they fucking changed everything. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So, like, one of my main things is like, prison is just. It's not cool anymore. It's not like what you think it is. It's. It's. uh, It's just a bunch of people PCing up. Like it's not. It's not. They're getting like a wrong, and like me sitting there, like on on this this other side now. It's just like go back to school, try to go back to school, like you know. But we'll get into that a little bit later. No, but. no, it's good. I mean, because maybe it's just good to say it right now before we get into other shit. But just so that people know that, like you know, Berto, he's full of programs that's like trying to get inner city kids, urban kids. What is the term that we decide on? To, At risk youth. Yeah, uh, well, we, we're, somebody's gonna correct me, but I'm we're just we're just gonna roll. Kids with that. that are like facing some bad shit. Try to get yeah. them in to go to school to improve. You give back to the community. You're working at UCLA, or how does that no, work? I'm a student there. You're a student at UCLA, yeah. right? And what are you studying? Art. What kind of art? Fine art. Damn, fine art. Wow. Fine art. <laughs> I'm I heard about a BFA. fine women, but I didn't hear about no fine art. So you uh, so you're studying fine art, and what medium do you pre- like prefer? I prefer uh, what they call uh, new genres or installations, where like you can bring pretty much anything to the table. You know, I've done performances where like I tattooed on a on a on a cup. Bro, when he's gonna show you a video in a little in a little bit, yeah, I love that. And the whole gallery, bro, it's yeah. set up like a visiting room. He put the phone in the windows. I love and that. And then he had in glass Shit. case, like homemade tattoo guns. And like you walk through it and it's like you're going into a prison. I love that. Yeah, he's going to show you the video. He created it. This shit. is the art that he fucking, he did this art, bro. It was like you go through and have a full experience. It's badass, bro. I fucking love that. Isn't that dope? That is yeah. dope. He's going to show you the video in a little while. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, um, but going back to the, the prison stuff, like, yeah. I, I, like, uh, there was a, a huge 
amount of people just dropping out and piecing up. But it was because they're sending a lot of people to prison, like just for anything. Mm-hmm. If they call you with like a bag of dope, they, yeah. they give you a deal, right? Three years. So right. suddenly I met like so many people that were there for three years for, for some dope. Like, oh, they come in with some dope and, you know, I'm here for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like a drug addict. They weren't cut out for prison. They were, they were, they were drug addicts. They were right. sick. Right. They were sick. Right. They were sick. Right. They were, they're, to me, that's like, someone that's sick. They're, they're not criminals. They had to do some crime to get their, their dope or whatever, but they weren't out doing shit like, like, and I'm not trying to put myself like as this like crazy fucking badass, but I was doing a lot of shit, like selfish fucking shit. Just so I can get some money. Right. It wasn't for dope. It was fucking to get money, and it was to fuck people over. Right, and, you right, know, right, that, right, 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 right. You know, I got to take accountability for that shit because a lot of times when people when people say like like oh I was running with the wrong crowd and that's why like I went to prison or whatever <laughs> like a lot of times I was the wrong crowd. Right, I was right. the motherfucker right. that was telling fools, hey, this motherfucker's over here. You know, right? Just get it, kicking some shit you know? off. Let's yeah. fucking like all oh, that fool is talking shit about. You should fuck him up. Like, <laughs> you know, like I was that You're encouraging guy. That you know shit. what? Yeah. Let's make him a producer for the show. That sounds like the right skill set for the show. It's so wave. So so you're in there. So then you get convicted. You catch more time. Eight fucking years, and you're thinking you might do six and get out. Uh, you know, roughly around there. And then you get hit with eight more while you're down, bro. That's getting kicked while you're down. Right. How does that happen? Right. Uh, getting kicked while you're down? No. You caught a case <laughs> How, in there. Caught, How do you case? catch a case? Oh, you like shit. Shit just happens, you know. And then a lot of times, a lot of times, a lot of a lot of the 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 story that I'm going to tell is going to have like all these blanks because I feel sometimes it's really not my in my place to to say certain things and bring up certain names and shit right. like that, but. I got caught up in some in some what I would call some political bullshit, <laughs> um, and I had to you know take someone off of the yard, right, 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 and I was not supposed to get caught. When you take someone off of the yard, you're supposed to get away, right. So uh, shit happened. Sometimes shit doesn't go the way right. it's planned, and I got caught. I had the weapon. They found the weapon. Um, they took me. That was, you know, they they did whatever they had to do, and then like eventually the DA picked up that case. Picked up that case. But that ties into what I'm saying about the huge uh, overcrowding in the prison. Uh, so what happened with overcrowding was that they were shipping out. They started shipping out a lot of inmates that from California to these private prisons in uh, Arizona, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Mississippi. It's crazy to me, bro. What he's telling me right now. What? When he wait, told me this. Wait. So and and so you got shipped out. I got shipped out. And what? Where did you go? I ended up in Arizona for a little bit, and then I, I most of the time that I did was at, at a Mississippi private prison. Wait. Here. Listen. Did it sound like this when you showed up? Wait. Did did it <laughs> did it sound like that scene from uh, from. Uh, from Deliverance? Yeah, is it what, <laughs> just you going down to Mississippi? <laughs> yeah. Hey, this doesn't look like Goleta. Yeah. <laughs> look, and look, that's his correction officer. Did, did your correction officer look like that like retarded blonde toe head? <laughs> yeah. Talk about yeah. All right. So anyway, you were down in the south. And, and, and let me 
ask you a question. Is I didn't you, sign up for this. That's all I need. I'd be like, I'm a fucking California fucking, right. you know, CDC fucking inmate, man. I said Southsider, but when I said right. Southsider, I, mean, I didn't mean South. South, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so what happened? Like, I mean, what's it like in Mississippi private prison? Were they happy um, to see you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, uh, so, like, California had outsourced, I'm going to call it, he had That's outsourced the beds, uh, inmate beds to uh, this this private uh, private uh, entity. I would call it an entity of the prison industrial complex. Right. Right. Uh, at the time, its name was uh, uh, Corrections Foods? Corporations of America. Wow, yeah, like dude. A franchise? Or yeah. Privatized now, prison. Now it's called Core Civic. Um, oh man, almost sounds good. That almost sounds like if you a look, university. If you look on the um, New York Stock Exchange, you can buy stock in Core Civic. Oh, shit, that's fucked up. Okay, yeah. now now, do they make what you work? These, do what? they make you work for companies and do shit in there? Yeah, like like, like uh, a, lot, a lot of my artwork is 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 how I tie how I'm trying to tie that shit in. Like, um, I have like all these like uh, like apparel that inmates have made. In prison, like I got jackets, I got yeah. pants, I got like T-shirts, it, and they're made by a, another entity that I call the Prison Industrial Authority. The Cal, it's called Cal PIA, mm-hmm. and Cal PIA they make everything from like clothes for inmates to the food that we eat in prison. We the milk says PIA on it, mm-hmm. the fucking the fucking jelly says PIA, right. the bread the mm-hmm. bread Shit. says PIA, um, the fucking shoes. The shoes say PIA, and it's all made by prisoners. Mm-hmm. And not only do they make that, they also make like hospital uh, scrubs. They make they make uniforms for police departments. They make they make uniforms for fire departments. Hey, they make fucking shit. furniture. They make office furniture for what? like for stationary. Stationary. They make all of this shit. And and if you go on their website, it's called Cal PIA. Um, you you can go on it and buy shit. Yeah, and I think like a, a pair of scrubs cost maybe I don't know about twenty seven dollars or something like that between they between thirty and forty dollars for one. What's the and markup? they What's pay the you <laughs> about eight cents an hour. Holy so like I'm trying like this is like a modern day slavery. This yeah, is no, this is, is. slavery. And, 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 and the Constitution actually says free people can't be enslaved, but people yeah. who have lost their rights they can be wow. and forced to work. Wow. And let me tell you something. We were talking about this last time with uh, deep, Ralph. deep Voice Ralph. Yes. He, and we were talking about what happens to governments when you don't pay taxes. When the rich don't want to pay taxes, governments got to make money somehow. What do they do? They put the prisoners to work and sell shit at like a thousand percent markup. Well, that's what Fuck they're doing. That. That's crazy. Look at Core Civic. If you guys are curious or you want to buy stock, uh, <laughs> the stock price right now is sixteen eighty five. It's down five cents, uh, probably because of your comments. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, the CEO is Damon T. Hinninger. Hinninger. Boy, that's mm-hmm. not a good last name. It's kind of unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Revenue. You want to know what the revenue is? What's the revenue? One point seven billion dollars <laughs> annually. Annually. Okay. What's, let me so so I know that CDC corrections officers from CDC are trained. They all kind of follow a certain code and this and what were who were watching you guys over here? Okay, that's that's a really good question. Uh, so the main correctional officers like pool or like population of of workers uh, is uh, black women in Mississippi, 
uh, about 99% of oh, the sure correctional Oh, I could be locked up out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to eat my weed. Dude, are you listening to this? I am listening. So he's saying 9 out of 10 of the corrections officers, do they even call themselves correction officers out there? Uh, I forgot. We're black, forgot. We're black women, really? They were black women because all the men are locked up. So, <laughs> so every now and then you wow. see like a black man as like a correction officer, but it was mainly like a black women's job. And wow, uh, they were getting paid like the minimum wage in Mississippi is like eight bucks an hour. Seven Which bucks for these hour. ladies was probably being, pretty good. That was pretty good. Right, dude. And you think CDC, these guys are making like, they're starting at like 70000 a year or something, right? Oh, that's they so true. They make a killing. They do. Oh, like, so when I, was, right. when I was going to court out in Riverside, uh-huh. uh, uh, they were taking me to uh, Indio. Uh-huh. And in Indio, you go there and you can see where all the COs live. They got like brand new jet skis. They got right. fucking big right. ass trucks. They got everything. Everything is like fucking perfect. Their fucking grass is perfect. Right. You know, somebody had told me that. I was like, hey, a bunch of COs live right here. Right. That's their little yeah. neighborhood right there. Yeah. One of them had to stop at their house once oh, on our way back to the prison because they were taking me from the prison to to fight the case. Court. To right. court. They weren't. They didn't send me to their county jail. Right. They just kept me in my cell and they're like, hey, it's court day. And then, you know, they I have to go to court and then right. I come back to the prison. Gotcha. Um, but Yeah. Yeah. So they outsource this work from right. those guys out to Mississippi, right. where they're paying minimum wage. They could be working at a Seven Eleven, right? They don't care. Yes, they're just getting eight bucks an hour. Right, one of the ladies she had told us, like we had, we had like, they're actually really nice women. I'm right. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout, yeah. shout well, out yeah. to the correctional system. Well, I'm sure they were there, but they were cool. sisters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because they were actually you made you meet like a lot of nice ladies, and a lot right. of them were doing a lot of favors for people. <laughs> right. you know, like, they were doing a lot of like, hey, you know, especially they at Chicano, bro. They were loving all the homies. I bet. Um, but, yeah, wait uh, a second. Was there any? Um, was there any uh, pressure release? Was a pressure release going there on? There was a lot. There was a lot. <laughs> he said there was a lot. <laughs> a lot of tension release. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's uh, yeah, fine. Shout you out to uh, Tallahatchie County Correctional <laughs> Facility in uh, Tutwiler, Tutwiler, Mississippi. That's great, that bro. Makes me happy for him. Yeah. I'm almost like, all right, okay. okay. Um, but yeah, they get paid minimum wage. Is mm-hmm. mainly mainly black women that are your correctional officers. Um, in a way, it was it was you don't get that 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 fucked up tension. With you know these these other correctional officers in in California that are there to beat your ass, right? If you get crazy, right? right. You know, they, they I think those correctional officers in Mississippi actually stand by their codes or their code of ethics more than the more right. than these other guys. Yeah, right. Making less money, making Sam, less money, right? Making yeah, but they got better too. relationships with the prisoners, right? <laughs> they're getting yeah. their compensation in other places. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. everybody's um, everybody wins. It's a win-win. But if, if we can rewind back to to the overcrowding in California was was really bad. They were sending people out of state. Uh, I ended up being one of those people. But the reason why they were picking up so many cases at, at, at Ironwood, especially, was because at the current time the DA and I will say this fucker's name. His name was Rod Pacheco. Mm. Uh, he was one of the main like uh, 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 people against overcrowding. He was like, "There's an easy fix to this problem. We build more prisons, and we get the inmates to build them." And now that uh, sounds like a fucking good idea if you're not a prisoner, right? Right? <laughs> right? It's right. it's it's like a fucked up way of thinking to to do that yeah, because like, you're going to build more prisons, you're going to send more yeah. people to prison. You're sending already a bunch of people that don't belong in prison 
They're fucking locking it up as soon as they get off of the fucking bus. They're locking it up, like it, it's fucked up. It's, His it's solution was system. more prisons. Well, His solution was more prisons, more beds, and to save money, have the inmate give the inmate a job to make the prison. So you're building your own prison. Yeah, that's like digging your like own that, ditch, dude. Like a system like that. Like, you could see how that could just perpetuate. Like, you could just have that going on forever. You have some prisoners constantly building new prisons. You just stuff more people in there. You're taking away fathers and breaking up families and fucking over people for longer. And you're just developing a whole... And that's as cold as having somebody dig their ditch. And then when they're the done grave. digging it, you shoot them in the head. Yeah. Right? In the 2010 election, Pacheco was defeated because he didn't have... <laughs> Because he because he, he didn't have any original ideas, he was defeated by um, uh, Judge Paul Zellerbach. So uh, here's a shout out to Zellerbach. Thanks for taking out a shithead, shithead Pacheco. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, but what else in Mississippi was the food different? The food is fucked up. Oh, and I would say like pretty much all fucking prison food is fucked up. <laughs> but the Mississippi food was extra fucked up. God, for <laughs> some reason I thought he was going to say bro. like, well, that, they yeah. have barbecue. And yeah, it was like, Cajun. That's, that's in the movies, like, bro. Yeah. That's in the movies. I thought like, oh, and the black ladies were smuggling like this buttermilk cornbread. That was so good. <laughs> da, da, da. No, it wasn't like that, huh? No, no, it wasn't like that. <laughs> He's like, no, the no, food no. is really What did they? Really what bad. did they give you? What was it? It was just like a tray of shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, tray of shit. The bread, freeze dried. Yeah, everything was freeze dried. Everything, all the meats and cubes. Everything was cubes. like in 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 uh, air free pouches. Like the bread was in little pouches. <sighs> yeah, that's that privatized shit. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was like everything was downgraded as far as like. It was like I guess what you would call low budget, even to meet though it's cost. low budget here. Yeah, they need to meet costs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. So everything everything gets. That's another thing when I was talking about everything was slowly getting taken away. Um, and to and to kind of offset that, they would let the inmates buy certain things that you couldn't buy in, like, California. Like, for example, I had an Xbox. No so shit. I didn't mind being in my cell 24 fucking hours a day because they didn't have enough money to pay enough workers to let us out. Wait, so I think, I think like for, for every 100 that. inmates, there has to be one CO for every 100. And they didn't even have enough... What did they charge you for an Xbox? Oh, there was a lot. It was like four hundred bucks. Hey, but like, hey, what was your game? Oh man, I really liked like shooters. I liked I like Call of Duty. I like. uh, (laughs) How good did you get? I like Bioshock. This was like old school. How good did you get? Were you ever able to play against other people? No, they don't. They take out the Wi-Fi. Ah, but then you you were so when you got out, did you try to play against other people and just school their fucking ass? (laughs) No, I I would have done some like some like five year olds like Japanese girls (laughs) smoking people. (laughs) Yep. Well, I figured you might have had plenty of time to practice. Uh, Yeah, I had. I was. I was. I think I'm okay. I don't. Think I'm great because <laughs> I still play, but I don't play like I used to play. Right, right, right. Like life gets in the way. So to offset <laughs> you getting bummed out and just rattling the cage on not getting your well, air each day, it's kind of like to offset the fucked up rules that they're breaking. Mm-hmm. First by sending you over there, right? But then, but then they're not giving you the proper yard yard time. They're not giving you proper meals. Uh, one time we didn't have water for like a couple of weeks, like water, like water. They were bringing us gallons of water and they were like, don't drink the water. Whatever you do, don't drink the water. And like, if you want, you can shower, but don't definitely don't, don't it, drink it. Don't let it get wow. inside your lips. Don't let, yeah. <laughs> get seal your make lips. it seal. Yeah. You know, like when it rained, like the, the air, the, the, the cells would flood out because the water was seeping in like from the outside. 
It was fucked up. At one time, I, saw, I think I saw a fucking uh, alligator walk, just walking, <laughs> minding his business. And he looked. I'm like, hey, you see that shit, man? I was talking to this other guy. He's like, what? He's like, that right there. That's a fucking alligator. And it was like, it wasn't that big. It, was, it looked like a really big lizard. But it was a fucking alligator. Yeah, dude. You don't want to fuck around with that. <laughs> like, it was, outside, it was like outside of the, the fence. But like, uh. I seen it. Yeah, and so wait a second. Uh, you know what I wanted to know is uh, how did they get you down to Mississippi? They put you on a plane or did you take a bus? Yeah, they fly you. Now I think they drive you, but at that oh, time they were flying God. people. It so was, when you fly Con as Air. a prison, yeah, how does it that was work? really Con called Con Air. No bullshit. Yeah, you're shackled down to like you're you're bolted down to uh your 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 hang. Like, wait, wait, you got wait. shackles and that, those shackles are cuffed to like the floor of the the floor of the. Prison. Wait, hold on. So like you, so they so they go all right, fucking. Alberto, you're, you're flying your ass. We're going. You going to miss it? Do they take you to like a private airport or no, is it a military? No, they take you to an airport. They took it. They took us out of the airport that's in the area. I forgot what it was called. Okay. Yeah. And they got a plane there, and and the plane on the outside. What does it look like? Does it, does it got a picture of like a like a heart? The happy person. No, it was just. Left? It was like an unmarked, an uh, unmarked. Plane. plane, and when you get up on it, I think there's a picture of one on. If you look, if you look on Google, there's yeah. a picture of Conair. Okay, and then when you, and then the <laughs> it wasn't stair- like the one on the movie Conair with the fucking propellers and shit. You it was just like a regular plane, right? There was no Nicolas Cage wasn't in the back acting no. stupid. All right, no. and then you walk up these stairs, and, and and it's it's like cheesy stairs, and you get on. Now, is there stewardesses, or no. they don't give you any hot? There's towels? there's correction officers, <laughs> <laughs> honey roasted peanuts, or <laughs> Is there a, are there CEOs with shotguns that are telling you like uh, yeah. they scream at you and all that shit? Yeah, because there's still California ones right there. And those right. ones you cannot talk while you're being transported. Right, and um, then they chain you down. Yeah. And how long's the flight? I was like four, four or five hours. God damn! So you flew in. Right. I just couldn't imagine traveling to Mississippi in a gray goose. I, I had to drive, get That's driven back. Crazy. And that was like, oh, really? that's like an ongoing, it's an ongoing uh, lawsuit going on because when they drove us back, they had us shackled like real good. They had us on these things they call black up. box. They had us do what you yeah, call Yeah, bro. Are you when you're like me, this. Dude? Yeah. And they were making us eat like that. So so we had to eat with the black box on. And wait, it was wait. really, it was like inhuman. That was like, like what's the black that's box? Like two days. That's like two days of driving, dude. Yeah. You imagine that being like this? No. And eating like that for no. two days, shackled up. And if box? you had to take a shit, you had to shit like that. So That's you know, crazy. How do you wipe your ass like that? Yeah, no, what? I didn't shit. I fucking held my shit for like like twelve hours. I, I held my shit. Wait, what's and a black, black box? Black boxes instead of just the fucking handcuffs, because they know dudes can pack pick the, the locks. Yeah. They put this black box that it, it's instead of handcuffs, it looks like a black box. It's got these handles on it. And there's a black box that bounds you together. So there's nothing to pick. There is no lock. There is no nothing, dude. Huh. Your hands are inside of a black box. It kind of fits over the space between the cuffs. Okay. Ah, it fits I over see. That, that, little, that little, that little um, slack that you get. Yeah. Like your hands are you both handcuffed to a box. That's what it looks like. Right. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. There and, is no and, and, lock. And, and you're kind of positioned like this and the whole way. And so when On you a eat, bus? Yeah, and a for bus. two days with shackles yeah. around your more, waist more than and your two, legs. I think it was like a thirty-hour, like a thirty-hour bus. Man, ride. I can't even do a bus ride like four hours not shackled up. Like if I'm on Grey, right. I'm, I'm, I take the Greyhound somewhere. I'm about to lose my mind. I, I took imagine. a nine-hour Greyhound ride from San Francisco, oh. and I was just about to just 
throw up right. <laughs> in there, you know? And that was unshackled. But I remember uh, taking the bus up to like Susanville, to Corcoran. These That's were the most miserable fucking bus And those COs that are on the bus are, are motherfuckers. Right, if right, they catch you talking, they, they'll hit you with the bat, the butt of their shotgun. Yeah, they'll stop, I, pull I, that shit right up. over, yeah. Anyways, um, so, so how long do you finish your time there? No, no, I ended up... Um, Coming back and doing like two years at a at a, a minimum security prison. It's a new one. It's called California City. But there's a lot of people at that prison right now. But I think it's all people coming back from Mississippi and the out of state prisons. But um, yeah, I did about two years there. But that one, it was kind of like I'm on like on downhill. I'm on my way out, and it's like you know, uh-huh. I, I was I had already last like that yeah, was feel? like the last stretch. It was like really, really I was like. Like a, you know, I was tripping out, you know, and they had laid, they had given me a couple of counselors before I paroled. They give you a couple of counselors. If you did, if you've done more than ten years, they're they're gonna evaluate you, and they're gonna see if like what, you're you're what they call institutionalized, which means like you don't know anything except the prison anymore. And at that time, like I, you you get those like feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where like I was like I wasn't really having dreams anymore about like being outside, outside anymore. Right. All dreams the dreams were, all were like inside. about inside right. and like like your life in there. Yeah. God and, damn. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's real shit. That and, is. Real yeah. You shit. stop dreaming about the outside. Yeah. And start dreaming about the inside. I had stopped like thinking about like people and shit like that. Like I think for a lot, for like a good stretch, the only people, the only person that was accepting my calls was my mom, mm-hmm. uh, and um, it was just like it was it was just like one of those things where like they know that they gotta. They gotta make sure you're not gonna kill kill anyone the first day you get out, right? You know, and they do like a couple of evaluations on you. Um, so I'm hoping I'm past. I'm, I can pass those. You know, that I'm, I'm still coming off as as, as pretty normal. Um, so oh, and and then and then when I, that's when I really started to think about like how what am I gonna do? Like that's I don't what I want to get to. So okay, so you're down 14 years, bro, and we already know that in that 14 years, there's a good chunk of that. Where you're still running, your shit, right? Yeah, I'm it's still like you were on the outside. You're on the inside, right? Doing uh, yeah, everything there's to do. Yeah. How far into this 14 years do you begin to start to? Ch- how, when does Berto start to start trying and his mind start opening to something different? That I think happened when I caught that case. When I caught that case, I uh, I think it was like my third the time. Case the case inside. inside. The case inside. Okay. When I had caught that case, it was like my third time going to the hole. Right? I had already done a couple of things, and they were like small things, you know. But they'll they'll send you to the hole for 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 small things too. They don't just send you to the hole for fucked up shit. They they send people to the hole for like little things. But I had done a couple of little things, but that was like a big one, right? That was like a that was like a, a serious thing. Uh, a serious thing that maybe somebody like me didn't have to do, um, because that's what I was told. I'm only relaying that like in that way because I was told that by by older homies I had met um, while on the main line, and that I saw in the hole. Um, but I remember at that time, before I even did that though, I was I had already like taken a couple of college courses at Ironwood. Actually has like a really good like college program where they let the community college out on the little town where it's at. It's called Blythe, California. They let that that community college come onto the campus and offer college courses to to the inmates. 
And that, I think, was what probably really woke me. When I took a couple of the classes and I realized, you know what? I'm, I'm not a fucking idiot. I, wait, I understand wait. this shit. This wait, is, like, what, simple. What exactly? When was the moment? What lesson? What thing did you read? What was it where you were like, you know what? I'm not a fucking idiot. I could do this shit. What was it? Uh, I think it was when we had to write like our first essay for for uh, like a beginning writers. And it was like a writing class where like it's, you were kind of still below the college level. But the, I had I had to do they do like an assessment test on you where they place you into like a, a, a class. Like based on your skills. Based on your skills. Yeah. And when I did that, they placed me kind of like at that at that like. You're like on the level. You just you don't need to take the remedial classes. Right. I think they call right. them. You wow, can take this yeah. one, and it'll be a, you'll get credit you for it. Like what the fuck? Yeah, I was like, Dope. okay, yeah, that that. that yeah. Was the first I'm not sure what I did to make them think that, but I think the writing was probably one of the, one of my main like strengths, I guess. And what did you write about, man? Do you remember? I wrote about just being in prison. They they they, they, they we were given like a prompt. You know, like write about this, and I kind of just like put my life in perspective, and I wrote it like in order. Yeah. A lot of times when when you write an essay, it has to be in order. A lot of people just jump around like everywhere. Um, and I, I remember just writing it kind of like in order, and writing like a couple of like anecdotes to like prove like my point. And a lot of people like it, I, they don't really know how to do that. No, they they we call those people scrambled up in the fucking brain. <laughs> shitheads. Those are not the shitheads. Well, I thought I was one of those people. Right. Like, I didn't know I had the ability to kind of, like, put my shit in perspective and really, like, focus on it. Are you listening you know? to this? Are you listening to this, Sean? Did you hear what he said? He said anecdotes. He said, <laughs> I put it in order. I laid it out. I had an intro. I had a thesis yeah. statement, an antithesis. And then I had a little fucking anecdote at a couple end to prove my point. And, and at that time, I didn't that. know that I was doing that. But I didn't. I was like, "What did I do to fucking?" You know, it's a natural. Yeah, it was kind of, kind of like a, a I, and I did it kind of just like I was running down the story with you guys now. Right. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write it like I speak it. Right. Right. right? And a lot of people get like, kind of like, they get a little awkward when it comes to writing because they think they gotta like write a fucking novel or like say some like, some like genius shit. But it's just really just like talk. Like let us hear your voice. Right. And so I kind of like, like. Did that? I'm, like, I'm just gonna tell it like it is and tell it how it was and in order. Just make sure it's in order because I don't like to hear the fucking end at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with movies it's no good, but like, like not with like. Right, right. He was cool with Memento, but don't right. put that shit in my right, fucking essay. Right, right, right. I'm trying to read yeah, this. Yeah, I ain't don't, trying to fucking. Don't, don't try I'm, to write Memento. Yeah, shit. I'm not trying to hunt this yeah, shit. Because I've seen that movie and I actually think it's pretty good, but you know, it's not. It's not <laughs> like if you wrote it, I, I don't know if I have a good time reading it. But, right. Exactly. Um, all right, so that's cool, man. So then, so then you saw like, okay, wait a second, I do have something inside of me. I have what it takes, right, to well, maybe go to school and do something. Maybe not yet, but like when I really hit home was when uh, a couple of the homies like they approached me on the yard, and I didn't know these guys. They're like, hey, uh, and uh, uh, they call me dirty. By the way, they, they call me dirty. Name? That's my, that's my, that's my, that's dirty. the hood. That's the hood right there. But like, hey, dirty, uh. Like, you know, like, we heard that you, uh, you help people with their homework. <laughs> I was oh, like, shit. I was like, I don't, you know, in my mind, I was like, I don't help people with shit. <laughs> like, what do you want? What do you want? You know, yeah. like in prison, you're always kind of guarded, you know, it's like, oh, these fools are up to something. Yeah. Um, but they really needed help. They're like, well, you know, we, you know, we try to pass the class and, uh, well, can you, can you kind of like read our paper and 
you know, kind of like help us. You know, they weren't they they, they were looking for a tutor, but you they were, didn't know that. You were getting <laughs> you were getting looked at as a, at the, as a scholar almost. Well, I guess I was getting known on the yard as the guy that can help you with your schoolwork. He's the prison goodwill hunting, right? Yeah. Right? He's the Matt Damon right. in prison. He's Damn. the one that's like undercover genius. Like, I, what do you mean, man? I'm just over here fucking doing my. I'm playing Xbox. What do you want? And they're like, hey, we, hey, we heard you could help somebody with their homeworks. And he's yeah, like, yeah, like that. I ain't fucking. All uh, right, let's see. And a lot of times it was just like that, you know. Or they're like, they're like, for a while I was like, uh, one of my hustles. I guess you can call it that, and I kind of regret it, you know. There's a lot of shit that I regret, but like maybe we can talk about that a little later. But one of the shits I regret was. Taking like one of my hustles was that I would take your GED for you for fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah. I like that. What's wrong with that? No, yeah. well, you know, like, I would want to kind of want to help you get your yeah. GED yeah. instead of just taking it for you. And then I want you to help me out with my pocket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I want to help you with your GED. You gonna help me with some fucking fifty? Yeah. So the GED consisted of I think like five five uh, tests, right? The writing, the math, history, I think, and like. Science, I think, like it's just like a like five different tests. So I would take each test for you for ten bucks, mm-hmm. but I'll take the entire thing for forty bucks. Oh, uh, you instead, were doing instead of fifty. Yeah, I would. I would, t- I would take the whole test for forty. That's smart. You see that he had a discount. Yeah, a deal. Yeah, I had, yeah, a, I had discount. a deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Instead of just like because some group, people just wanted their their Groupon. their math. They yeah, just wanted I saw their it on math. Groupon. Yeah. yeah, I got one of Dirty's Groupons gotcha. for the yeah, GED. So ten percent off. Yeah, so so I started getting like kind of like this reputation for like right. helping people with with their schoolwork. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, how did you get the name Dirty? Why is it Dirty? <laughs> it has a lot to do with like just being dirty, just being like a dirty guy. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you know some of the, I guess some of the, I, you know, I have, I'm married now, so now, yeah, of now, course. I'm not going to get into that kind of detail, but right, like, right, maybe right. like some of the, some of the women in my past have not been like the like. Ideal, like you know, uh, right, right. Listen, right. hey, who can tell us what what is beautiful, <laughs> dirty? Who can tell us what is beautiful? Who can tell us what is the beholder, my right. friend? What's clean? Yeah. One man's dirt's another man's princess. Yeah, you know, it doesn't you know matter. I mean? You know, like if she's just a nice person. Forget that she's <laughs> forget, forget that she's cross-eyed. You know, forget that she has a lazy eye. You know, right. and everyone I like calls the her lazy you know, eyes. It makes it fun captain. to figure out uh, where to where to look. I don't you know? know where to look. It's like a game. I like who am I talking to? Am I talking to the left one or the right one? Which one am I having fun? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So go on. So those, the homies. So they they're you're, they're doing that, and then what? what what's the un, unwrap this for me? So yeah, I started getting this reputation for helping people like with their schoolwork, um, and uh, and I think that's that's kind of probably probably the main thing that that really like that really kind of like got me started thinking into like like I'm not an idiot, you know. People are asking for my help. Um, they, they, you know, they're they're asking for it. I'm not really going and like trying Advertising. to shove like my like smartness on anyone, you know. Because right. at that time, I'm still kind of just a student. I'm like I'm learning too, but as I'm learning, I'm also kind of helping other people. Mm-hmm. And the more that happened, the more like I started getting that confidence that 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 I'm okay at it. Finding your own value. Yeah, and like and that that kind of led to like the main like the main thing that really caused me to really like i guess change or switch up on what i was doing um was when i got got to the hole for that thing okay for for that for the charge that i picked up 
Right. When I got to the hole for that thing, there was this guy, and he, I had helped him. Mm-hmm. I had helped him on, uh, on a couple of his, his school things. You know, so he was a little surprised that he saw me back there. Right. Because only, like, the fuck-ups go back. Like, the, right. the bad of the bad. It's like a prison for the prisoners. Right, right. right. So you got to be, right. like, extra bad to get to that spot. What are you doing back here, Teach? Exactly. Just yeah. like that. Right. You know? He's like, what the fuck are you doing back here? He's like, hey, you know, like, I was expecting somebody because I guess the guy needed to get hit. Mm-hmm. I was expecting somebody, but I didn't know it was going to be you. And right, I'm just right. like, well, I mean, I'm still like a Southsider. You know, I'm still down. I'm down for my shit. I, you know, right. I fucking, I, I got hit with the assignment and I took it. Right. right. That's right. just how it goes when, you, when you're a right. homie like that. Right. You know, you just fucking, you. you do what you got to do. You, you hey, got his ticket, you fucking take the ticket. Right, like, right. You don't, you right. don't say like, oh, no, not me. I'm like a fucking student. <laughs> like, right, you should have right. told him. You should have said, hey, <laughs> the good, su- the good students do their assimments. Yeah, it just, it just doesn't happen. Like, yeah, there you go. Right, like good yeah. students do their assignments. Yeah. And I want an A, you know? Right. right. Yeah. One, one thing about UCLA is that students love getting A's. I like getting A's. Yeah. I don't like to half ass shit. But That's right. Anyways, like, I get back there, and, the, and then the, the homie's back there, and he's just like, you know, and we go out to the yard together. So I'm we were there for a while. I got a shoe term out of it. Mm-hmm. So I was there for a while. Um, they let you, sometimes they let you do your shoe terms all at, in ADSEG or with the, right. with what they call administrative segregation, mm-hmm. the whole. Mm-hmm. Right. They, don't t- they don't send you to an the actual shoe. Program, shoe. Right. They don't send you to Corcoran or, right. or the Bay or none of that. You can do it there. Right. I, they let me do mine there. I, I wasn't there. I wasn't like super bad. Okay. Like, they send the super baddies like somewhere. Yeah, that's Steve. They send the super bad. Can't do it in Ag Sag. They got to go <laughs> up north or whatever. The super they gotta bad. They got to go. They got to go to Corcoran. They send you. Then they send you to those places if they know that your ass is in, gonna be in isolation for at least five years. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> With me, I, like you know, I guess I I didn't make that cut. Right. But yeah. I was I was there. I was I was doing my shoot from in Ag Sag or what they call the hole, and. um and so this guy there that I already knew from the main line, he's there. And so we get to, like, working now. We get a relationship because he's, like, my neighbor. Mm-hmm. So when you're neighbor, you can talk to, like, the vents and, right. like, just kind of, like, bullshit, you know? You don't have to just talk with your, uh, with your, with your celly all day. You can, right. like, bang on the, on the wall and talk to your neighbors for a right, little bit. Right. But, yeah, in the yard, he, he, he kind of starts kind of schooling me on certain things, you know? He's just like, hey, I mean, you guys, you and your Sally, you guys are both still young. Like, we don't understand why you guys, why, first, we don't understand why you guys got chosen, but we don't understand, like, why you're even here. And when he says we, he's talking about all of the guys that are there. Like, I think we were the only ones that had less than, like, fucking 50 years or something. Right, the right. Guys, Those dudes were washed up, everybody over there. Everyone there is like, they I, they don't belong there, but it's like you. There's like no question about it, right? So he, he's giving me that 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 kind of talk where he's like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing here?" You know, mm-hmm. first of all, you help people with their fucking homework. Mm-hmm. You know, you are you don't belong here, mm-hmm. right? You don't belong here. Um, I'm 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 getting I'm my release date is in eighty years. Mm-hmm. My cellies, he got life. The next door neighbors, they got life. The other guy down the way has got like 200 years. The other guy's got like 120 years. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? Right. You know? And that was like one of the, probably like the, the main like point right there. That was when I had hit rock bottom. Like I got as deep as I could. Right. right? I wasn't going to get any deeper. And it was because somebody saved me from getting deeper. 
Mm-hmm. Somebody that had that was not getting out that shouldn't have like any type of hope for anything mm-hmm. saw some hope in me. Gotcha. And that was like one of the main things. Like that's what he and that's what I needed in life. What I needed in life was for someone that looked like me, that behaved like me, that talked like me. That was pretty much me to tell me that you're not like me. You're not me. You know, you belong on the streets. You don't even belong on the main line. You belong on the streets helping people. And that stayed in my mind. It's still in my mind right now. Bam, you know? bro. Yeah, I can, hear it, deep, I can bro. hear it in his voice. Yeah. I can hear the, uh, the emotion in your voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something that's really, like, deeply, like, rooted in, like, who I am now. So, right. so now, right? So now you got that. What are you doing now for, uh, like, the people that might be like you? I'm letting them know that these types of spaces, especially when they're on the campus, that these types of spaces, these privileged institutions are for you. You, you I'm here. Look at me. Like, I'm, you know, I, I probably look like one of your, like, banged out uncles, you know. <laughs> I probably you're, look like, you're like, you're like, you told me the other, you, I probably look like your gardener, right? I probably look like your gardener. I probably <laughs> look like, I, pro- I look like people that are constantly in your life that are going nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm here at UCLA, and I'm waiting for you, and I'm ready to help you. You know, come. You know, I need you to step in. I need you to step up and, and, and take this hand because, you know, we're here waiting for you. And we're here to prove to you that these spaces are for you also. They're not impossible things that, that are not for you. Because a lot of times in life, kids get convinced that certain things are not for them. Yeah, I want you to speak on something. I want you to – listen, bro. I, he – he broke down something to me that made so much sense, bro. Yeah. And, I mean, you need to share it with the listeners. I need you to share it with my partners. It was your fr- it was your frame of thought to that. There's a lot of uh, students or children of color yeah. in this world, right? Yeah. And they're being exposed to different things. And maybe they're exposed to it. Uh, the 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 lady that comes in and he's she's an artist and she's gonna teach art to the kids in the inner city right yeah and the lady comes in and she's like some white lady and she's an artist and she's coming maybe from UCLA to come talk to the kids and but I the do kids her. right and the kids automatically as soon as they see her they're like that's an obtain how you broke it down better I totally uh, understand I what think you're I saying. broke it down. Um, uh, in, in not better, but like, I, cause I broke it down from like a personal perspective. Like when I was a kid and I, I grew up in a predominantly yeah. Hispanic neighborhood, Chicano neighborhood, uh, we had art like once a week right. and, and that once a week for like a couple hours was like my favorite, you know, right, I love that right, shit. Right, right, right. You know, right. we got to play with clay and shit like that. Like all kinds <laughs> of like, like cool shit. Right. You know, I didn't want to like keep hearing about, you know, the colonialism shit, like, you know. Stuff like that, but we were getting taught art by this lady, and her name was Rebecca, and she was like a really nice lady. She was like, she was like a white lady, you know, long blonde hair, mm-hmm. like really arty, like came like with all kinds of paint stains everywhere, shit like right. that. Um, and I really liked like doing that, the activities that she had. Um, but at the same time, I knew that I could never be her. Like I had no like. There was, like, no way for me to be, like, oh, I'm going to be an artist, too, one day, like, Rebecca. Like, it was, like, an impossibility for me. Right, right. Just to see who she was and see who I was. 
Right. You know, I, I knew that I, no matter, like, you know, like, you know how they say about Michael Jackson ble- bleaching his skin like right. that. Like, I knew I could never be like that. That was unobtainable. It was an unobtainable thing. Uh, it was like an impossibility for right. me. Right. So, but what he's setting up, which is interesting, is that in her mind and in her actions, she was a good person in the sense that she was going and giving some time to this uh, a disenfranchised group, right? At the same time, she was an advertisement for the concept that you're stuck there. Yes. Right? She was carrying also that message unintentionally. But even young kids, like little little Albertito, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even he could see like, oh, it's nice for her to come from her privileged station to come down and help the little brown people. But... I'm also never gonna be that. You said right. even your mom couldn't relate right. to her. So like 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 right. I can't I couldn't even like make a parallel between her and my my own mother. You know, my my mother, she cleaned houses for a living. She probably cleaned Rebecca's. Right. <laughs> she, who knows? But right. it's like I couldn't even like like relate like my own like like a female a female like a female adult in my life to her. Like, like, how can I even like even put myself in a, like a possibility or a, a realm of possibility that one day, someday, I could be an artist? Right. Because it just wasn't happening, and so my my teaching philosophy because yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Have Listen a class, to this, you guys. I have a class too, um, which is called a, it's my minor, and my minor is like a teaching artist, uh, artist teacher instructor, and right now I'm going to an elementary school in East LA called Hamasaki. And I'm teaching them uh, art. And my whole thing is if they see somebody that, because kids, they're not at school like 24-7. They go home. They go home and they go home on the weekends. And and the people that are there in their community, they don't look like Rebecca. They they probably look like me. Mm -hmm. Or like a a version of me with hair. Or a version of me like (laughs) all dirty. Or a version of me that just like, you know, construction workers, gardeners. Uh, uh, people that work at restaurants, like right. they, don't, they don't see like right. they don't they don't have like someone that can like take them out of that environment. They can't so, see it. So they my my philosophy is if I look like the people they see, but I'm coming in as a UCLA artist, then maybe maybe they, they can see it. like like that could be me too, dude. Man, I just like that whole fucking. You guys get that, man? Like get it. Let me tell you something. I went to school on the reservation when I was second grade. We had a do-gooder white teacher. And everything that Berto just said, I fucking went through. I experienced the exact same thing. Even as a kid, I remember thinking to myself, she's just visiting. And she's visiting because she's, she's trying to be nice to us. And I'm okay. I'm like, I remember thinking like, but but that she's not really from here. She doesn't really understand. She doesn't really get it. And I've thought about that every, I would say, almost every single day of my life since then in terms of. Was there that? an Indian kid that was coming in there from UCLA like yourself that people could see and touch that was like that person so they could put themselves in their shoes like you're saying? I mean, you know what, man? This is a good topic. Too bad we've got to this kind of like late in the podcast. But the thing of it is, is there were some, you know, and I want to say this. It's not, the, it's not a parallel universe. There's similarities between the Chicano situation and the Indian situation. 
But it's not a parallel universe in the sense that there's some slightly things that are slight different. And black, too. And black, too. But, you know, also with reservation, you're in a bordered thing. And you're reminded every day that you've lost the war. That you're holdovers from a fucking loss. A total fucking loss. And you're the leftovers. You're the leftovers. Like the real leftovers, not some show about what would it be like if half the people just disappeared and let's make us a cool little show about that. Real life leftovers, like we're all half breeds mixed leftovers and you're sitting there. And so part of I don't know what it's like for Chicanos, but I know for me, part of part of the thing is not like, oh. I want to get off of this thing so that I can be a business person too. There's something about, it's not just that you, some Indians do come back and you can see that you can kind of like do certain things. Most don't. But, but, but there's a thing where it's like, no matter, there's two things. One is it's not your dream. Like you could do it. You can go to UCLA, you can go to, but that's not your people's dream. That's not really what. That's, that's making enough money to survive and get along. But that's not your dream. Your real dream, if, if you wanted to ask every real Indian in their heart of hearts, deep down inside what the real dream is, it's to fucking get rid of all this shit the way we've got it set up. Maybe not give back medicine. Maybe not give back tech and all that other shit. But all of this fucking rich, private property, fucking corrections, corrupt institutions, fake religions, all that shit, if you were to get down to it, Indians would be just happy melting all that down. So what I'm saying to you is, is that complicates the thing of like, well, I could make it too. Because if you make it, to a certain extent, you start to become part of the system. And it's fucked up. It's real fucked up. It's real. It's a real challenge. It's a challenge for me all the time when I think about it. When I'm being honest with myself. Well, I. I mean, and I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I think. I don't know, man. What you, what what Berto's talking about really really struck me because when you said that a lot of these Hispanic kids, the other Hispanic people that they're seeing, are. Maybe a, a gardener, right? A guy that works in a restaurant, right? Your right. mom, she's cleaning house. Like everybody, when you leave school, everybody that you associate with your skin color, who you are, are civil servants, or they're working, right? Blue right? collar, blue yeah. collar, blue collar. Yep, you're not seen. It's not being. Nobody's being an example, or, or nobody's. Uh, there's a different word for it, but demonstrating. It's not being demonstrated. You can't touch it and feel it. So if you can't really see that then how do you know you can do it? You get what I'm saying? That's what I got from... That's what I got too. Right. Absolutely. And by... But you've taken yourself as to be that guy and put this thing into motion that if they can see you in UCLA and you can model that, that maybe, not everybody, maybe there's one kid that is like, you know what? That guy looks like my uncle. That guy looks like... You know, that guy (laughs) reminds... Man, he reminds me of me. He's me. He's saying he comes from where I come from. And he did that. And I just think that that's like, it resonated with me, man. When you, when you told me that, I was like, I do think that there are kids that will, that will, that will resonate with and that that will, and I think it's, I don't know, man. Yeah. I think it's needed, man. Somebody needs to be and heading really, that. Like, 
and maybe not even with like with with sixth graders. That's kind of where I'm at right now. My my main my main like targets are the at risk youth, right? The ones that are fucking up right now. Right. You know, they're fucking up. They they they've you know pretty much convinced themselves school ain't shit. Uh uh uh. uh They've convinced themselves like it's better just to sell drugs, to, to, to kick it right there with the homies, to be right there fucking around, just be stealing cars, shit like that, you know? Like, I live that life, right? Um, and, like, I don't want to come off like too, like, I guess, <laughs> you know, I don't want to come off as too victory outreach Right, right, mm-hmm. right. You know, we're like, we're like, oh, little homie, you need to stop doing this. Right. No, right. I'm, try- I'm trying to take you there. I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm taking you, like, if I take you on a tour, I'll be like, look, this is like, like my class. This is this this is this is this is where I walk every day. Like, and you could too because I probably did more shit than you. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you you're going around like fucking up, but at the same time, for whatever reason, they're there. Like somehow, some way, whatever whatever they did in life has brought them there to me, right? To UCLA, right. See, I think- to the campus, and in a sense, they're already there. They just need to. They just need to make accept that last it. step in accepting like that they that it's there for them. Right. Not just that they're there, but that there there's people just like them there. You waiting know what, for them. What what resonates to me with what Berto's talking about is that when he takes them there so that the kid can see that, hey, this could be possible for me, if Berto still also has his irreverent uh, subversive tone. Where not only have I made it to this place and I'm part of this privileged institution that supposedly isn't for me, but I can be here and I can say, fuck the system. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm still here saying, fuck the system. Yes. Right. Yes. That to me, Mm -hmm. it will mean a lot to a kid from who. who, Wow. Yeah. 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 I do. I do. Even with the way he's. The art that he's developing. Right. He put this art show on the campus of UCLA. Absolutely. And the and the and the university kids, they want shit like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know what? Because that's what I want to see now. It, yeah. You know what? I'll tell you something. A lot of people of color, including you, even everybody, right? They get some shit put onto them a little bit. When they go out and do good, then everyone who isn't doing it mm-hmm. tell them, hey, you need to come back and like yeah. give back and do all this other stuff. There's a point to that. But there's also a point that that puts a fence around the person too. Yeah. Right? That makes yeah. you something. Now you're no longer. But what I think needs to happen is that instead of the old model where the colored elites join the elites. Yeah. Right? That's like, what he's uh, not doing. You're right. Uh, yes. Bill Cosby and up. Right. 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 That the, the, that the colored elites need to get together and say, you know what? Fuck this system. Even yes. though I'm getting paid by it. And even though I, I, it's better than prison. Right, I'm not gonna carry the power structures water for them. Yeah, in order to maintain yeah. some yeah. sort of like elitism. Right, Fuck bro. That. Right. So that's that's like one of the main like. That's what the that's feeling. Like one I of get, the main Berto. things with with the with the group that I'm part of is that we're trying to constantly try to take those that institution's resources and give it back to our communities. That's like our main thing. Is like. Fuck them. We're going to take up all the space that we want from them. Yeah. We're going to take yeah. all their fucking yeah. resources. Yeah. Right. We're going to yeah. take all their funding, and we're going to give it back to people that really fucking need it. That's just, like, the thing. That's that's our, like, main thing. And for me, it's, like, more rewarding to do that. And, like, and as far as, like, with, like, I guess, like, money-wise or trying to be part of an elitist type of system, like, I don't have any money. <laughs> I'm on food stamps. I'm on Section 8. I don't have shit. 
you know? But that doesn't stop me from trying to take as much shit from these people and giving them back to these kids. Sure. Because they need it. Yeah. Those kids need it. I don't need it, but they need it. Right. right. You know, and I'm constantly trying to let them know, like, there's people just like you right here. I'm, I'm just like you. Right. Only I've done all the mistakes that you're going to make. Right. And I don't want you to make that. I want you to just keep focused and make it here. So then you can help me reap these people of their resources because mm. they're on stolen land, right? right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They're on stolen land. The, 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 they're on stolen the, almost everything. Yeah, the Tongva nation that, that, that was residing there, they, that institution is built on their land. You want to know what? I was just talking to a Latina who's really smart. Okay, This Latina is smart. And she works in a company in Orange County. The company is a cosmetic company, all right? Now, this company sells stupid shit to really rich chicks who don't want to get old, regardless Mm -hmm. of the fact that you're going to get fucking old. Right. Okay, they make a lot of money doing that. Right. They're always asking this smart Latina for ideas. Mm -hmm. She works at a level. Is this smart Latina somewhat uh, related to you? It might be, but I'm not going to say anything about it. But she works at a level where she's just under the director. The director's above her. Right? They're an elite group who are totally incompetent and afraid to take a risk. Sounds like uh, most elite people, yeah. Yeah. The gr- the, she belongs to the class underneath. She's coming up with the marketing ideas. She's the one that goes to the conferences and finds out what's the new developments. She's the one that's like, the packaging needs to be like this, right? But when she tries to get it through the directors... It just gets all jammed up. And she was talking to me about it. And I told her straight up. And I was like, listen, they are never going to promote you. Yeah. Just so you know, they will never promote you because you're too hungry and you're too smart. And if you get on the same level as them, the owner's going to find out that all of these people are full of shit. Full of shit. And their whole job, they've been spending their entire time defending their job instead of doing the job. Right. Which would mean moving her up. Right. Moving her up, listening, taking right. a chance, taking a risk. They're not doing that. They just want their padded fucking cushion, and they don't want anybody fucking with that. And so what I'm saying is, is that that's the same as society, right? Berto, one of the reasons why he might have something fresh to say is because he's been through some shit. Like, he's actually been through some shit. He didn't read about the shit. He didn't look back over genres of shit and say, like, yeah, hey, you know what would be cool is if I mix and match this shit. He actually went through some shit. As a result, when he puts stuff up, when he puts an installation, an art installation in, he's got something to say, right? And then what's fucked up is, then you got like this fucking thick-ass, fucking fat-ass cloud layer on top of shit, making it hard for guys like Berto or everyone else to punch through and bring some innovation to the society. Because Berto was telling us, man, he said, I went in 2002, Right? I got out 2016 and the fucking world was upside down. In what way was it upside down? In every every fucking which way I can think of. Uh, the skinny jeans, I think. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was used to wearing there. real baggy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like real physical things like that. Right. Yeah. You know, like the skinny jeans. Like everyone's like really tight. Like really like tight. Like everything's tight. When everything, I, I was used to dressing you know, a little loose, a little more like laid back and loose. Um, shit like that, and then little by little, you know, certain things like the 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 all the fucking cameras everywhere, right? Right, the fucking yeah, cameras yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, phones, yeah. right? When I got locked up, they still had the little flip phones. They didn't even have cameras yet. They just right. had like a flip phone. 
that was like a, the tech. That was as far as the technology was then. Uh, having that shit, you the came out media. to everybody having the phone stuck in their palm. Yeah, and the social medias, all yes. that shit. Like there was nothing like that. I think, I think when I was in the county jail, ready to go to to, to prison, is when like MySpace came out or some shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it wasn't like that. Like, <laughs> wow. the, the most internet shit was eBay for me. Right, oh, and right, uh, right. Yahoo Latino chat. Mm-hmm. That's, okay. where, that's, where, that's where he met. Big shout out to Latino. <laughs> that chat. was like that was like the uh, what do you call that that uh, that app where like you swipe. Yeah, the oh, Tinder. Yeah. That was like that was like Tinder. Yeah, that yeah. was the t- <laughs> or the the party line. I remember right, the party right, line right, better. Right, like right, when right. you're on, you're on the fucking phone. Like yeah, <laughs> dude, the party line. Yeah. You want to talk to some nice, happy ladies? Well, you know? the party line was a little bit different. The party line was like all these other people would be on it. Yeah. And, and you just get on it? And yeah. Like, and be like, yeah, you'd be talking over other people. Yeah. And, you know. It was like That's a crazy. huge chat room but right. like on the phone. On the phone. Every now and then you'd meet like just some like crazy fools like, where the fuck you from, puto? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And some girl in the background trying to talk to you. Hey, <laughs> call me back on this other number. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So that was like as far as our technology was. And I got out, it's like the technology was way different. The what surveillance, is- I think it was, 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 was really like fucked me over. It was like, they're fucking on you. Yeah. Yeah. At all times. Yes. At all times. Right? You can't do crimes. Yeah. So one of the, one of the things too that I and and then like I real I'm realizing all this shit, but I I realized that like once I got uh, got into these higher institutions, people have wrote about this already. Right. So I write I, I read like this uh, philosopher named uh, Michel Foucault. 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 Michel Foucault. Who, who talks about French like, motherfucker. French motherfucker. Ball headed French motherfucker. <laughs> who talks about like the prison system. Yes. And he explains like in the in the future, but that was back then, the prison system was gonna reach outside of its walls right and start penetrating into society right and i see that shit like constantly now you know like i like when i got out they gave me like a uh an id card that said parolee id card i had to show it to the cops uh i have to register as a gang member and i have to register as a narcotics offender for the coke uh and and i have to show that to the cops right and those are little things that the system is using to keep you tethered to the to the to the prison Right. Like, you know, you can't get too far. Like, don't forget. Like, don't forget who you fucking are. Don't forget your fucking CDC. I still have my CDC number. If I got busted, like, today and went back to prison, they'd give me the same number. Like, I'll remember who you are. Here. Here's your number. I haven't discharged the number yet. What about in kids? Like, because I know what I think, but what do you think? The kids now, how is it different than when you were coming up in terms of, of what they're about? Um, their, their entire life is on cyberspace. Their entire life is 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 dealt with through uh, apps and social media, and and it's just not like how we were when we were kids, like at all. There's nothing like similar at all to how anybody that that was born before I would say maybe 1995. They they don't care about you. <laughs> We're part of the past. We're slowly being wiped away, and it's like new society of uh, these millennials that are just fucking assholes <laughs> you know? and, and have no real human experience. Little assholes. There's no type of. There's like a disconnect. Yeah, they're there's not having human exchanges. They're not having real experiences. Yeah. They're yeah. having make believe experiences. Like they yeah. think they know everything because you can Google this shit. Yeah. You know, and everything is simulated. Which, mm-hmm. And that's been talked about in the past, too. 
Yeah. Right? Uh, I, yeah. Forgot, I forgot who wrote this, but these are all things that I had came up on, like on my own observations, but have people from the past that have actually predicted it. Right. Like you hear you hear about this 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 book called The Theater of the Spectacle. Right. right? Another philosopher yeah. who talks about like in the future everything is just gonna be a spectacle. It's all about the spectacle now. It's all about the simulation. And that's how places like Disneyland, like Disneyland's prices just went up because nobody can stop fucking going because it's just a make-believe place that they pretend to be real, but we know it's not real. But somehow they have like convinced people that it's real, that this is real shit. You go to Las Vegas. Las Vegas is a good like example of like this simulation type society that, we live that we're in. living in. Totally. Because, and, and, because and, and here's the thing. Dude, what he's saying is so heavy, man. This is some heavy shit. We should be having chronic up in here. We should be <laughs> the Ayahuasca. Is, yeah, the thing is what he's saying is it's like there's two things. One is that it, it is simulated. Las Vegas is an adult Disneyland. And so what happens is in these simulations. Now, these are kinds of simulation, right? They're working on implanting shit into your head. I mean, they've already got enough. They've got stuff set up that they can do some things. And they're already trying to create a simulation so that you basically, your reality is controlled by them. What? <laughs> that shit just waved at us. Uh, okay. That was a simulation. Yeah. And the thing is, is yeah. so, 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 so the ones at Disneyland, I guarantee you, when that VR gets to a certain point and it overtakes everything, there'll be people who will talk about the human experience of the Disney simulation. And they'll be like, yeah, I used to actually have to go outside to be in a virtual reality. I used to actually have to be there. And they had four shortened walls to give the, the, the idea of distance, even though it was really only five feet. The way that the shit was shaped, it looked like yeah, 20 feet. Yeah, right? yeah, and yeah. I actually had to go to Vegas, and you could breathe. You could actually still kind of smell the way that the air vents were working. And so wow. there was things that would take you out of the virtual re- So you had to use your imagination a little bit more. They'll be, <laughs> they'll be complaining about how VR is too easy simulation and that the real simulations that they went through was the real shit in the human contact they will say that whereas right now we're saying actually everything's mediated there's something in between like you said like disconnect it's not that and my feeling is is that it's not just a disconnect there's also something in between that space that's filtering mediating everything and i and i can't even i can't even get into like when you say everything's on Google and people think they know everything, they don't realize how mediated that space is. They think it's an objective source that they're getting and that the hierarchy of articles makes sense, right? And, and when, they make, when they talk about the, 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 the freedom of information that's on the web, in a technical sense, they're correct. Because if you took the time and if you learned how to manipulate the search terms... Right, you took the time and learned how to manipulate. You would absolutely be able to find certain articles, but they've covered everything up with so much shit that most people will never get to the real article. And if you'll notice, when you go online, the shit that actually is something worth really reading usually costs some kind of money. Mm-hmm. Like all the free shit, for the most part, and they've done it very strategically. Google figured out. Right. How to how to cover up in an information free society. How do you control information? That's that's the that was the core thing facing the United States. It was easy when it was just newspapers because they could just call the editors and be like, we ain't putting that out. doesn't matter that, you know, John F. Kennedy fucked the black chick in the butthole. We ain't putting that in there. We're not doing any of that. That was easy to control. 
Once it got to the internet, the new issue was, okay, how do we control the information there? One way that they did it was SEL. They told all the people that wanted to make money, all the dumb fucks that wanted to make money on the internet, right? All the people that were like, I'm going to make it. They go, first thing you got to do is you got to start putting out a bunch of blogs, like a bunch of bullshit. You can cut and paste other people's shit, change one word. We won't even call it plagiarism, whatever. But make sure that you're doing SEO and putting all those search terms out there. And what they did, in a sense, is get everybody thinking that they were helping themselves with marketing, just put a bunch of vomit into the search fields so that when somebody's trying to really look a real good article up, even these philosophers that Berto was talking about, they're going to have to cut through all this self-generated caca to get to that. And most people don't have the time, the expertise, or the, or the ability to do that. And that's how you control information in an information-free society. <laughs> yeah, wow. so it gets deep. It gets deep with that shit. Absolutely, um, it does. But the but but the main thing, yeah, is to go back to like bringing the kids onto the campus is like that. That's one of the things we take them to, like the library. We take them to places where only students can get in, where only that information is at right there. Right. There's information in these libraries that are not on the internet. Absolutely. And you can't take them like you can't take them like out of the library. You can only see them there. Absolutely. You know? Like one of the places I would love to go to is uh the Vatican. Look at their shit. I've been see there. what they got what do they got in there? I'll tell you, they got a lot of creepy shit there, bro. There's a <laughs> yeah, lot of naked what, kids what they, painted up on the wall and a lot uh, of naked dude statues. Like, like their their library though. Oh, they like, don't even let you in the library. Archives. You I want to get into those archives. Dude, you probably learn where the vampires are if you get into those archives. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you, dude. Berta, let's break into the archives, <laughs> yeah. man. If you can break into the, FedEx, the you can break into the Vatican. Come on, man. <laughs> but that's one of the things. We take them into the library and be like, there's only only information that that this institution has collected is here and it's not shared with anybody else and only students can go in there and right. alumni. Right. They can go in there and shit, but nobody else can. Berto's a smart motherfucker because I'll tell you what, man, first first place that he wants to look is in the Vatican yeah. library. That means That's that where Bert, all the fucking that secrets means Berto knows his shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, man, um, you know what? We're, it's getting, it's getting, we've, we've been on a couple hours what I want to, you know what, Berto, are you able to, there's not a lot of light. Berto, are you able to give us the, just the briefing on um, this program at UCLA? Right, yeah. So What's it called? It's called the Underground Scholars Initiative. Okay. Uh, and it's a student organization. Uh, it was created at, at Berkeley. Mm -hmm. And uh, from Berkeley, at Berkeley, it was created by a couple, like three people, three or four people that had done time and kind of just found themselves at Berkeley. Like, just, like, destiny always brings people with the same mission together. It just happens like that. That's how. That's what I believe. Somehow, some way, the people that are meant to be in your life are going are gonna to be there. If you just take, if you take that, 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 uh, that, that life, like, in, in faith, right? If you have, if you lead, if you lead that type of life, the people that are meant to come into your life, they're going to be there. But somehow they found each other. And they created a student pro, a student organization, which you can do. It's something that is legal. You can do it. There's just fucking organizations for fucking cats. There's a puppy <laughs> org, you know. But they wanted to make an organization for students that had been locked up before. Right. And we don't like to we don't like to use certain terms like ex-prisoner, ex-con, convict. We like to use the term formerly incarcerated, 
right? So if we're going to be talking, if, if we're going to be taken seriously, we need to talk to, we need to talk like these people that are going to take us seriously. If we want to get like resources for our community, we got to come off as professional too. So we use the term uh, formerly incarcerated, right? So uh, the, the org was created there little by little. They, they started getting a lot of momentum. Um, and now it's at almost every UC. And uh, uh, we, we do have like a, um, I guess like a similar programs in the Cal States and that's called Project Rebound. And those are like kind of, those, those are like, that's like the program that's, that's kind of installed in, in the Cal States. Right, there's always a project rebound where, like, it's like a, a program where, like, if you've been formerly incarcerated, you can go and you can find people of like mind that have lived similar lives. Because a lot of times, a lot of one of the main things that made me not want to go back to school is getting onto that fucking campus. You see all these young kids, and I'm like, I'm almost forty. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? It's intimidating. It's, it was scarier than being on the yard. Like, wow. I, I just like the 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 shame almost like the. Yeah. The awkwardness sure. level was so high, and I'm still kind of like, I'm still, I still have the attitude like I'm in prison, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, what the fuck is that fool looking at? You yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if they bump into you, you're like, you turn around, like, hey, what the fuck? Like, right. you're not Sean's, gonna say sorry or what? Sean's never been to prison. He acts like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, that was one of the main things, like, to get to find people, find your tribe. Right, right. To find community on these on these institutions where are spaces of privilege. Right. Not maybe not the community college, but when you get to like Berkeley, when you get to uh, uh, I know I know one of my one one of the homies got accepted to Harvard. Now he's at Harvard. Yeah. Right. You know, another another homie got accepted to uh, uh, Brown. He's at Brown. Right. These are Ivy League schools. And now right. they got like people ex cons. You know, there I go again, you know, formerly yeah. incarcerated. Now they're at these institutions. You know, I would I never would I have ever thought I would be at UCLA. If you told me like when I was 20 years old, like you're going to be at UCLA one day, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. You know, right, 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 I'd probably right. like punch you in the face. Like, what are you trying to, <laughs> trying to make fun of me? Yeah. You know, right. like. So that's one of the main things that we try to do is help and support like our community. And those are people that have somehow some way decided to come back to school and now they're there and they're there because a lot of organizations um that have to do with this right now but the fucked up part is that part of the prison industrial complex is like now they don't want to send people to prison we don't want to send people to prison no more because i think i think and this is kind of conspiracy is that they've learned how to make money off of you without sending you to prison they don't need to send you to prison anymore. They keep you on an ankle monitor. And you're kind of still in prison, but they can still make money off you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now so, they don't have to pay for your bed and everything, though. Now they don't have to pay. Now you have to pay for the right, ankle monitor. Right, right. There you go. Yeah, it's remote. That's remote. Man, listen, brother, you are just a, a leader. You're, you're just, man, I just, the journey you've come through, what you're doing, bro, I just want to commend you, man. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for stepping up, man. I want to thank you for changing your life and uh, and being an example, man, to our gente and other gente and all people of color, man, yeah. and all inner city people, you know, yeah. that come from the places we come from. Yeah. Being that example, man. Yes. Um, yeah, man. 
Yeah, brother, and you're doing it, bro, and and I'm gonna help you to continue to do it. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having me on the man, show, man. Berto, thank you yeah. for coming down tonight, man, and, and sharing that so your journey and sharing this message with you, man. Santa it Barbara. Just, you guys, I hope you were listening tonight to the Hard Luck Show. Thank you again, Berto, for coming down, thank man. You, thank, thank you for having and, me. And uh, special night to here tonight here at the Mayfair yeah. Hotel. I am gonna sign out. We're saying adios, amigos. <laughs>